minus 30 seconds. T minus 20 seconds. You ready for do do more in the future? Trap yes. talk podcasts? Yes. Man, only, only trap talk exclusive. Yes. Exclusive. Oh. So stop calling us. From the spot, get the club to pop. When I come up with the crop, gotta love it, love it, and not I'm hot from the hop to the club spot. Get the club to pop. When I come up with the club spot, get the club to pop. When I come up with the club spot, get the club to pop. When I come up. are now hold on a second <coughs> you are now tapped into the coolest reptile podcast in the world i'm your boy mj what is good how are you is this your first time tapping in do your boy a favor hit that subscribe button smash that notification bell and then you're going to want to hit that like button to keep us relevant and keep youtube happy if you hit that like button it helps not only myself but it helps the guests get their information out there, helps other reach this information. So much happens when you hit that like button. So bigger, bigger, uh, biggest reason why you want to subscribe, hit that notification bell is because I come out with four podcasts every week here on the Snake Trap Sessions channel, and I drop a blog every Saturday. So you know you don't know what I'm going to bring to the channel. Bottom line, you don't want to miss it. Don't get slept on. Hit that notification bell and stay alert and stay on top of things, man. But what is good to all my trappers out there, early birds up and cracking up in the building. <clears throat> I'm gonna get to you guys. I'm gonna get to you guys in just a second. Forgive me. I'm feeling a little ill. I'm pumped up for tonight. Don't get me wrong, but I was pretty sure I came back from COVID again with Texas. Uh, my wife has one of those home kits negative. Uh, I just feel, you know, whatever. So don't mind my voice. I'm still here. Energy's on point, and we're gonna get this shit cracking. Uh, before we get into the early birds, and before we get things here going, you guys know what the deal is for the freshest and bestest rodents delivered to your doorstep. The number one road company for that is going to be coldbloodedcafe.com. Stephen Cush, Desiree Minot leading 
the industry when it comes to frozen thawed rodents. Thank you so much for everything you guys do. Please go check them out. They have the best prices, highest quality in rodents. I'm telling you right now, they never miss. Cold-blooded Cafe, check them out. $30 flat rate shipping. Shout out to the Cold-blooded Cafe family. Shout out to Sim Container, John and Alex, doing big things over at Sim Containers with the monitor programs. I'm telling you right now, man, if you have eggs, put them inside of a Sim box. Your concerns are out the window. You don't have to worry about substrate. You can use straight water. Now, I'll say I do recommend using substrate if you're clumsy like me because you don't want to you know, have to fucking knock in anything with just water underneath your eggs. So I will recommend I use substrate, but you don't need to use substrate, man. They make it easy. So shout out to John, shout out to Alex, uh, shout out to Steven and Ashley over at Focus Cube Habitats. I cannot wait to get these enclosures that they're building. Um, and it's exciting. Uh, you guys go check them out. PVC built enclosures, flex in Texas all day, every day. Um, the future's bright with Focus Cube Habitats and the future's here, baby. I mean, I'm looking at a few of my Focus Cube Habitats now and in the next couple of weeks or so, I'm going to have 12 brand new Focus Cube enclosures. Cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much, Stephen Ashley, for uh, supporting the trap. It means a lot. Shout out to uh, Jesse in the uh, stainless steel. Uh, number one stainless steel rack in a company in the United States. That's Freedom Breeder. Uh, you got to admit, man, if you got a Freedom Breeder rack, that is the next level of snake breeding and rat breeding. It does not get more professional than a Freedom Breeder. The way they design those racks, it's just, it's next level. You know, you got the damn uh, metal, you know, tray that comes out it's like a you know a table that's just amazing for you to put your snake on and do work cannot complain when it comes to freedom breeder x and uh you know they don't lose value and they're just really on point cannot complain like i said about freedom breeders thank you so much jesse the entire freedom breeder crew thank you so much miguel garcia always evolving pythons one of the biggest ball python breeders in the game when it comes to leading by fucking just like motivation i feel like i don't know miguel is just a really happy person to follow i mean if, if, if you don't get excited following Miguel's work, then you must be just, you know, like envious of him or something, which is also a real thing. I mean, the guy does amazing stuff, but if you're on the other end of the things like I am and, I, and I'm motivated off his work, then go follow his stuff. I'm telling you right now, this guy's working with amazing ball pythons. And to say someone who's doing differently with his ball pythons, like going a different route is really hard to say in this day and age. And this guy is one of them. Miguel is creating his own path with these ball pythons. And if you want to see what exactly I'm talking about, go check him out on Instagram. Go check out all his productions that he has on Morph Market. I don't know what he has on Morph Market. He's like me. Our productions don't last. Once they're for sale, they're gone. Holler at my boy, man. He taught me that. That's my boy right there. Shout out to the whole AEP family. You guys are amazing. Mad support. You guys got my support to the end, and uh, you guys are awesome. And then my boy, Alan. Shout out to my homie, Alan. Amazing Basins. Want to talk about you know a, a shoe-in? You want to talk about somebody breeding something? that nobody else is really breeding and being successful at. That's this man right here working with basins. Uh, this guy has uh, bred basins and is passionate about working with basins. He has amazing stuff going this year with his basins on top of working with ball pythons. He has a good history with ball pythons and is back into the ball python game and is, has his hands in some amazing projects. Go check him out on Instagram. He's slowly letting people see what he's working with with his ball pythons on Instagram. So go check it out. More importantly, if you're really passionate and all about trying to become a basin keeper someday, or if you already keep basins, you want more and you want to get them from somebody reputable, somebody legit, and Alan is your man. Go check him out. He has a Patreon page. You could get on his waiting list. The best way to get on this guy's uh, waiting list or get on his radar to become maybe a potential customer is on his Patreon page. Highly recommend you go check it out. Um, and Alan, thank you so much for your support. Big dog means everything. Uh, shout out to Blake Stewart. Uh, S, you know, Stewart Designs. If you really want to uh, 
it's all about the brand. I'll tell you that right now, man. People are taking their brand to the next level and they're going through this guy right here. This man, Blake Stewart from Stewart Design is changing the entire reptile industry as a whole. He's breaking the mold and taking these brands and to a whole nother level. I'm telling you right now, go see what it's all about. Shout out to my man, Blake Stewart. Thank you so much for sponsoring the trap. Cannot wait to work with you in the, in the near future. And yeah, man, Stewart Design. Telling you right now, big things coming for sure. Uh, shout out to Rami. Shout out to uh, the Reptile Super Show. Amazing shows to attend on the West Coast. And then all around, if you're uh, more on the Midwest and the East Coast, NARBC is going to be your cup of tea for sure. Shout out to Brian, a uh, Brian Ashley, Brian Potter, and Bob Ashley, who just threw an amazing show at Arlington, Texas. What a great time! I think my voice is just gone from just yelling and shit. Like I don't know. I had a fuck, dude. I had a great time. Really great, great time. And if you were at Texas and we linked up and you happen to take shots in the men's urinal with uh, the other crew, then sick. What an amazing time. I hope we do it again soon. Uh, but thank you so much to both uh, both shows that sponsor the trap. You guys, no two big show. No, no, there's no other reptile shows bigger than these two shows right here, in my opinion. And if you can ever get a chance to go to any one of them, it's going to change your life when it comes to being in this hobby because you meet connect. This is where you get connections. This is where you meet people. I'm telling you right now, it took me one over a year to get this girl on the show. I'm pretty sure I asked her in person once and she fucking shrugged me off. Like we're going to talk about it. She wanted nothing to do with me at all. She was sitting next to Dave Levinson and I took it. I took the hit and I was like, fuck dude, I don't, that was not good. And then rebounce back. Uh, I hit her up and she was a lot more nice. I hit her up via DM. She was a lot more nice about it. it. was like, Hey, I'm just busy. And then I met her again and I don't know what it was. We'll talk about it here soon, but I'm telling you, it took me three, two times in person and you got to go to shows. If you really want to make connections with people, you got to go in shows and you got to just hopefully find the right timing. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that soon. Just hang tight. Uh, U.S. Arc, please, guys. Amazing. I want to give props to my man, Jeremy, from Brassman Reptiles. He just did a live right now bringing U.S. Arc and Phil Goss and Brian Barcheck together after I don't know how many years, man. But the unity right here is amazing. You understand? This is huge for U.S. Arc and Brian Barcheck to come together. This shows you right here that no one's going to fuck around with us. No one's going to take our animals away from us. We are here to fight together. And I thank you so much, Jeremy, for doing that. Over 400 people in the live. It was amazing. All good stuff. All positivity. And uh, I got to say, man, you, you, Jeremy is one of the, the, the one of the front men's fighting for this uh, U.S. ARC thing with the, against this whitelist. And uh, we, need, we need more people like Jeremy in this shit. I appreciate you, Jeremy. Good stuff, man. Keep it up. And again, guys, if you don't know much about U.S. ARC, I encourage you just to go down to the link below. Click on the link. Read up on it, okay? No one's forcing you to donate anything. I'm just saying it will make you feel better if you do because there's nobody out there going to the front line fighting for our animal rights other than Phil Goss. Phil Goss is fucking David and Goliath, as Brian Barczyk said it on the live. And we got to back him up, man. Fuck Goliath. We're going to take that fool out. You feel me? Uh, but thank you so much, Phil Goss. Thank you, everyone who supports U.S. Arc as a, as a whole. We're all in this together, man. Thank you so much. If you don't support U.S. Arc, I don't even want to say anything about it. If you don't support U.S. Arc, you need to fucking get help. That's all I got to say. Uh, if you guys want to fuck with me on a personal level, go check me out on Instagram, MJ Exotics Cartel. I do have a lot of things going on this year, all great things, and other than ball python, so it's exciting. I love my ball pythons, don't get me wrong, but I have some cool stuff going on. So check me out on Instagram, Exotics Cartel with an A, not an E. Check out the podcast's Instagram as well. Uh, that's going to be uh, Trap Talk with MJ Podcast. Uh, and then shout out to my Twitch viewers. 
Uh, if you guys would like to support this channel more than a subscription or a like, I I take any donations to PayPal, uh, Exotics Cartel with an A, not an E. And I, I send any donations from this channel to US Arc. That goes with any super chats. If you have a question for our guest, Megan, uh, and you really want to get it across, and I'm ignoring you for some reason, if you drop a super chat, I guarantee I'll ask that question if it's polite. But yes, guys. Every super chat gets donated to US Arc. It's what I've been doing since day one. So please drop a super chat for this uh, episode if you have any questions. And then last but not least, shout out to my Patreon members, man. Patreon members going up. We're over at 91 Patreon members. Trap family members is growing, and I'm pretty confident I'm going to cap it at 100. So get in there while you can because, like I said, this family is tight it. We don't fuck around. We don't like no Bob Smiths. We don't like no weirdos. And if you are a weirdo, you get boop. Okay, I haven't done that a lot, but I will. Uh, but guys, shout out my fucking support. My Patreon members, you guys mean you guys mean so much to me. You guys have no idea. I love all my support, all my viewers, but my Patreon members, we get together every Sunday. We have a Discord. We are really, really tight it. I'm telling you right now, we, we, we go back and forth. Bottom line, if you want to get more out of Keeping Reptiles, if you want to learn more, if you want to build connections, if you want to build relationships, you're going to want to go down to the link below join the trap talk patreon family right now and you can fucking thank me later because as soon as you join the trap talk patreon family member you get access to the discord and then you get to fuck with all these keepers that are working with so much different stuff i got heavy hitters up in the discord i'm not even gonna name drop at this point it's up to you to go find out and yeah guys thank you so much all my patreon family members i love you guys i'll see you guys this coming sunday because we get together every sunday on trap talk zoom session thank you so much you're amazing uh Early birds, what is good? Who is here? I, I know there's a lot of people excited for tonight. I'm telling you, I, I'm, I'm excited. And I'm in high as balls, just like this guy. And caught a life. What's good, buddy? Thanks for tapping in. Trap Talk Patreon family member all day. Dom702 Serpents, what is good? Trap Talk family member all day. HB Reptiles, Trap Talk family member all day. 1776 Exotic Big Mike, Trap Talk family member all day. Deviant Glass, what is good? Trap Talk family member all day. Uh, Pacific Rims, Chantel, what's up, homegirl? Trap Talk family member all day. Mason Johnson, are you a Trap Talk Patreon member? Because if not, you just fucked up the flow, man. Damn, I'm just kidding. What's good, Mason? Thanks for tapping in. Uh, the homie Sean, Trap Talk family member all day. Sound Serpents up in the Pacific Northwest. The homie Matthew, Evolution Exotics up in the building. Trap Talk family member all day. Hannah Banana from Texas, Trap Talk family member all day. Triple G, what is good, homie, in the building? Trap Talk family member all day. Julio, new Trap Talk Patreon family member, just joined. What is good, player? Thanks for joining the family. You're a real one. We're going to have a good show, and I am so pumped up. I feel like my illness is going away. Wise guys, what is good? Thanks for tapping in. Heathen, new Trap Talk. Dude, Heathen, what a sick name. Uh, new Trap Talk Patreon family member all day. Tyler King, OG Trap Talk Patreon family member all day. 905 Riles, Riles, Royals, what is good? Thanks for tapping in. Eric's Morse Factory, what is good? couple more, okay, guys? Brewer, Boys, Balls, Pythons, what is good? Matthew Summers, what a guy. This is my uh, travel agent, travel manager, whatever the fuck. He takes care of me and babysits me, and I appreciate you. Thank you so much for keeping me out of trouble, Matt. And last last but not least, Jason Holbrook, Barber J. If you're ever in Indy, get lined up by my boy Jay, and you can thank me later. He has the best trees in Indy from what I've, can, I can tell. Just don't go eat food with him unless it's at his house. All right, enough is enough. Guys, let's get this show on the road. Okay, I'm keeping my guests hanging longer than I want to because I'm sure she's already over it. And uh, we have a lot to talk about, but guess what? I'm pretty sure her connection's solid because she's not in Midwest or Massachusetts as once thought she was. She's actually tapping in from California. California people, for the most part, have good Wi-Fi, good internet service. So we're gonna have a great show. And here she is, standing tight, Megan Kelly from Mega Condo. What is good, Megan? 
nothing. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Do yeah, I sound I'm, okay? Yeah, you're very uh, energetic, apparently. How how was I? Wasn't I like this in person? Yeah, you were funnier in person, though. Okay. <laughs> I was more fucked up, though, too, to be honest, though. True. So, Megan, real quick, I am saying I'm excited to have you on. With all due respect, this was well overdue, I feel like, but it's happening. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. How's everything going on your end? You are from Cali, believe it or not. So, guys, she is from California. Okay. And I'm sorry, but I just had no, I never put the connections together. I mean, I have people even saying, like, just from my, my story, I said, she's, you know, I had no clue that this was Jeff Kelly's sister, younger sister, right? Yeah. Okay. So, really, I didn't put the connections, but what's funny is, Megan, after I, because you're, you know, your brother did go to shows and he was bending shows. And I would, now that I really think about it, I do remember seeing you behind his table kicking it a lot of the times uh, with his wife and, his, you know, your entourage. You know, there's an entourage of you guys for the most part, right? Kind of. I mean, he kind of had his own thing. I would usually set up with my friends and help my friends out more than my brother just because, you know, there's some <laughs> things there. But yeah. Right. Okay. So, so I, I got to ask you this is, I mean, Brother and sister, both having a reptile thing. I mean, how far back does this go? I mean, have you, was this always like a thing with you guys with animals? I mean, did it just kind of grow into it? Like, let's kind of talk about how this started. Um, we always kind of had reptiles. I mean, we got our first ball pythons when we were like five and six years old. So right. we always kind of had them. We just grew up getting bigger and more. So... And then by like our teen years, we had berms retakes, and then I had an anaconda by the time I was fifteen. So, damn. Now, I mean, let me ask you this: your your parents never really tripped about having big snakes, or I mean, was that kind of like you had to prove to them that you could keep them? Like, how was that? Um, we kind of just got them as <laughs> they were babies and didn't really tell them, and just kind of kept going with it. But we kind of proved that we could like take care of it and like do everything. So. So you got him. So you were about 15 years old. So your brother, your brother's how much older? He's older than you by how many years? He's a year and a half older. Okay. And he, so he was about 16, 17, and you were 15 when you guys got your first big snake, right? Kind of. He may have been a little younger. I got my first anaconda when I was 15. We already had burbs and retics. Now, I, I, let me, let's just focus on the anaconda part because that's just kind of unique. You know, I mean, how did you like, Hey, were you always fascinated with anacondas? Was that always something you want to sought after, or did this kind of land in your lap? Like, how did the anaconda thing work out? I kind of wanted one just because of like the whole stereotype and everything. And like, my anaconda was like the one thing our parents said, don't ever get. So, oh, God, of course. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to get one. So, I found one on Craigslist, and I still have her to this day. She's now my biggest one. Um, What's her name? Puppy. Puppy. Wow. Okay. So, I got her on Craigslist. Um, I couldn't drive at the time, so I told my brother to go get it, and I gave him the cash. And I hid it for, like, six to eight months, and then one day my parents just walked in on me holding it, and I was like, okay, well, I have this now. And uh, they weren't too happy. And How big was it? How big was it? Was it? Three, four feet. Not huge, oh. but not a baby. So, and then what was the temperament like? I mean, did you kind of take your licks, or was it pretty docile when you got it? She bit my brother the first night, but after that, she was pretty cool. So I just, I just held her like every day and like, she just was like used to it. And then now she's like the calmest thing ever. And she always ate for you really good right off the bat. Like yeah. she never had. Yeah. Yeah. 
because you know you do hear sometimes like i mean not i mean i think it's like with any snake but you know obviously anacondas have gotten popular throughout the last couple years and people are inquiring them and whatnot and from what i've heard i've had a couple people run into some walls with you know getting anacondas to eat like getting them off chicks and stuff like that and and so i mean to hear that you kind of got one that was fucking dialed in and ready to rock it's kind of it's good experience for you you know yeah some of them will start off eating anything i've had other ones start on chicks quail tilapia i even had one just start on rabbit pinkies because it wouldn't eat anything else so so you had you had one start off fish yeah wow yeah if they're really picky eaters they'll start on fish and then they'll switch to like chicks and then you can switch them to rats so okay i don't want to get ahead of ourselves but i i am curious megan like you know as far as you looking at an anaconda baby and and offering it meals at what point do you say i'm going to go to a fish like is this like the last resort for you or or do you have a sense like i think i'm going to offer this one a fish because i feel like it's going to want it um i offer everything rat pups first and then i switch to chicks and if they don't take those i switch to fish right so it's kind of like i want them to start i want them to eat rats like that's what almost everyone wants so i try and start them on that and if they don't i switch to chicks and if they don't take that it's fish you like tilapia will usually get them right away and then you just use that to like scent a chick or a rat and like switch them over and usually they'll after that they'll kind of just take rats we're going to get into the whole establishing of of anaconda babies i'm getting ahead of ourselves i apologize so let's 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 go back to you obviously getting the anaconda your mom your mom finds out that you have it and it's like all right you have it at that point what were you keeping it in like what was it in was it was it in a tank like well you know obviously there were so many different things back then that you know people use so what did you use back then to keep it in i mean we had racks and stuff then it was a cb7 oh, right. at the time so damn you guys so you guys had racks back then yeah i mean i'm only 27 so it wasn't that long ago but still i mean i i guess you're right i mean i i don't know i let's see 27 so i mean it's about 10 years ago just shy but let's see just 10 years ago you're right god damn i'm getting weight because just 10 years ago is barely 2012 so i don't know why i feel like i'm so old (laughs) but anyways okay cool but still like it's even i think the reason why i'm like holy shit you had racks you gotta admit back then having racks is still having a huge investment because racks were never cheap like it's not like racks were ever cheap right like you always paid good money for racks like right for the most part i mean i i built all mine with my dad so well and then there's that route too i mean that's you gotta say the do it the do it yourself way like i i mean we could definitely touch on that because people who have that craft of building their own closures dude you you are so ahead of this game if, if you could build your own enclosures i built these those are boa masters i'm actually gonna replace them with things i make but for now i built these ones the racks that kind of surround everywhere else in my room I built. And then we also built the snake room. I was, I actually got hit up because, yeah, like I said, people were really excited when they found out I was bringing on the show. And a couple people were telling me how much they love your actual wooden racks, like the way you way these are because they're very unique. You don't see them. You know what I mean? So, I mean, obviously, it's custom because you built that one, right? Yeah. I mean, what I a, built everything in here kind of to, like, fit the room because it's not like a massive room. Right. But you got to make it work. Like, yeah. I made it everything fit to the room so it's not like you're not like playing tetris you're building to how your like room is built right so i mean next to you right you have the custom ones to your left to your right you've had those for quite a while yeah so i bought these used and i've had them forever i think 
they're really old boa masters and they're i'm replacing them because they're very hard to keep sealed so like i have to keep like sealing them like fuck the cracks and everything so it's it gets right. annoying so it's gonna build my own how big are they they're eight by threes eight by threes yeah and those are the biggest enclosures you have right the eight by threes uh yeah the ones i built are eight and like three and a half they're just a little bit bigger okay all right now i want to ask you at what point did like let me ask you so anaconda is obviously with the biggest snake you keep but when you were raising up this anaconda when you were younger did you keep anything else bigger at that time or or what were you guys keeping around that time i mean i had berms and retics still i mean they were bigger so i was always kind of around them i had lizards too i, I had a water i still have it i have a water monitor right that I've had for 12 years just as long so right yeah. So and and so let me ask you this: what what came first as far as like passion, the monitors or the the snakes? Like what was the the th what was um, it for you? But we, well, growing up, we were always like catching lizards and stuff. Like right. we'd go to Arizona and just catch anything we could. Right. Um, even around here, you'd catch like alligator lizards and stuff. So we we're always catching things. And lizards, we always had little lizards, but the monitors we just kind of started getting into when we were in our like teens and just kind of stuck the snakes we have always had some kind of snake so and you're what part of la did you grow up in i know you're up like up in l like you're like you're up north a little bit but where are you at like i forget i'm like right next to lax oh, and you grew that's where you grew up yeah damn crazy so. I mean, what was it like in high school i mean and there's not too many people probably keeping herps like how you were in high school i'm assuming right no um i don't know i kept it kind of secret from people just because it was it is a weird hobby when you're like a teenager i right. guess i didn't talk right. about it too much. uh what happened one time was though is i don't know if you know that meme of me and twinkie that was a prehistoric where it says snake where you going i'll pull it up pull it up so this is a, a, a popular meme i'm assuming uh when you see it you'll you'll recognize it um mm. that kind of oops that kind of went around pretty good and then i put you on basically no not really because no one really knew who i was but people at school recognized me so that oh yeah that's me i'm like 17 in that picture holy shit so what is yeah. that that was like that was that was like eight years ago that's 10 years ago 10 years about, ago yeah damn now, I mean, how close were you to prehistoric? I mean, did you kind of hang out there a lot or like what, what's your connection to prehistoric? I, I'm just, I'm curious. Yeah, um, I used to hang out there quite a bit. I am still fr really good friends with uh, like Jay's daughters. He's got three of them. The right. two okay. I'm pretty close with, I guess. Right. So I used to hang out there a lot. I don't anymore just because I'm busy and doing my own thing. So, so it's, been a, yeah. it's been a long time since you've been over there? No, I was there recently. I go there once in a while just to say hi. But I used to hang out there a lot more. I mean, did you learn a lot of stuff there? Or is that like where you kind of, I mean, do you have a lot of your keeping experience to, to give credit to prehistoric? Or like, where, or is that just like a place that you just were able to hang no, out I at? Mean, they're relatively close by. And like, that's where I met Garrett and everything, like, and all that. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it was like one of the closest big reptile places i guess by me so it was just kind of easy to go down there and hang out like i said i became friends with them so 
it's great. It's it's great. Like it's fortunate, but unfortunate. And we don't have to get into this. I'll briefly talk about this, but it seems like so many great people and so many great things stents from prehistoric. Like you know, Garrett worked there for years, and I hear other how other people started there and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you know, from my experience going there, it made me not want to keep bigger big snakes. It made me, from what I from what I experienced and from what I saw there, I never wanted to be in that position ever. And it made me not want to keep snakes. And it, and it was really sad, you know. It was really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, anything. It's it's a big place. Like it's cool to see. But you know, for us, right? Like we pay attention to things. Huh? Like for the average general public, it's you walk in and it is like, ooh, wow. You know what I mean? But for you to let me into a breeding facility where I have animals and I breed and I take this shit serious, like I take this real. If I ha- if I hear wheezing, I lose sleep. You understand? Like I I, I didn't like hearing my snakes my big snakes, right? Like they would, they would do funny wheezing noises when I would draw my temps for my other snakes to breed. And, and that would make me freak out. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, for me to take something so to heart and serious, and then I see someone else who I put on a pedestal basically. And I did, you know, like, just like Barcheck, I put these fuckers on a pedestal, not, not to call Barcheck a fucker. That's my boy. I'm just saying I put them on a pedestal and you know, I can't forget what I, these eyes won't forget what I saw. And I don't care who's friends with who. I don't care who's been doing what for long. I don't forget shit that I see. And I will hold, I will hold people to that because, you know, to, to kind of wrap up on this topic here, I'm saying, you know, a lot of people warned me about Barcheck on what kind of person this guy was, how I should be aware. He has really bad, terrible keeping practices. His place is this, his place is that. So I took all this stuff into consideration, went to his place, prepared. I was prepared. Same place, same same way I was prepared to go to prehistoric. I was prepared, and I was ready. I was ready to look at shit. And Barchek's by far one of the nicest, most spectacular fucking reptile zoos I've ever seen. Like, spectacular. And that made me realize that they're not all the same. Not all big reptile places are the same. Some, pl- some places take things serious. Like, I'm sure, Megan, like, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been to your place because you won't let me, but I'm just kidding. No, but I could just tell, like, I could see how healthy your animals are through your videos. And I could see that you're one to take your animals out a lot, like, just because you're active and you you show it. But I don't know, Megan, I mean, let me ask you, I mean, if you kept, like, let's just say you came over to my house and I kept similar stuff that you kept and it just was not kept right. Would you say something to me or would you just say, all right, see you later? Like, what would you do? Like, honestly, I'm, I'm just curious. And if, um... you were, if you were friends, you know what I mean? I think I'd kind of ask, like, why you kept something that way. I wouldn't just be like, that's wrong. I just kind of right. want your opinion on it and from your perspective and see if it's, like, different than mine or just right something like that. So I wouldn't just try to be like, no, that's wrong. Don't do that. Because um, there's always different ways to keep stuff. Everyone's got their own way. As long as this animal is healthy and happy, like, that's kind of all that matters. Right. So... I mean, that's, that's first and foremost is a healthy, exactly. happy animal, right? And, and and like I said, I've seen animals kept in, in, in enclosures where they should be bigger, but they were health, happy and healthy because they were maintenance. They were taken care of. They were let out. You know what I mean? But if yeah. you, you put, especially a retic, I know all ber- berms could be lazy, but a retic, a fucking male retic, you don't give that guy attention for a while and there's going to be shoving. There's going to be bumping. There's going to be stuff like that. That enclosure is going to be a fucking wreck. That, oh, I don't yeah. This is what it is. That's why I couldn't even enjoy leaving my collection for more than four days without concern because whoever was watching my collection, I told them, don't touch the retics. Like, leave them alone. I'm not, I do not, I'm not confident or happy 
like having you even fuck with them or do a water change when I'm gone. Like I will literally let those guys go seven days until I was gone. And what do you think I was coming back to? A cesspool, like them sitting in their own shit. And it was like, I'm just mad at myself. I'm like, dude, this is terrible. You know what I mean? And you know, I, I just had to make a decision. You know, I, I, I don't have a place like the Reptarium. I don't have a place where I could have, you know, eight by 10 by 20 enclosure. Like, I just don't have that. So I just don't feel it. I felt personally, it wasn't right for me to keep 12 mainlands if it was making me feel some type of way. And that's all it was. It just wasn't making me feel good. And, you know, like I, I commend people like you, my boy, Dylan, part of my Patreon page, he keeps big snakes and they're so beautiful. They're so well taken care of. And you got to understand, I mean, not that you don't understand Megan, but big snakes are not for everyone. You have to have yeah. something you have to have something special in you to have big snakes. And Megan, dude, you're – I mean, I'm not saying, oh, you're a chick, but, dude, you're a chick working with these big snakes. And I – dude, I was too much. It was fucking – I'm telling you, props to you. Like, I mean, be honest. How many close calls have you had? Like, let's talk about your close calls. Like, close calls. Like, close calls to what? Like, getting, getting bit getting, or like – Getting wrapped. Yeah, wrapped situation or anything where you're by yourself and it was like, oh, my God, that was like – I mean, because I always have my oh shit moments that I'll never forget. Do you have any like oh shit moments that stand out to you? Um, not really. There was one kind of, but it wasn't like it was more of a defensive thing, just because it's not a very nice snake. But again, I didn't also raise that one. Um, right. It's double head female from Ben. She is a nightmare, and she's eleven feet. Oh my gosh! Yeah, she is it, will anaconda, right? Yeah, anaconda. Oh my so god! She will like. If she's in this mood, which isn't often, but she's capable of it, she'll, like, go underneath, like, the bedding and the paper and stuff in her cage and come up and try and, like, surprise you. And there was oh one day I was trying to pull her out and, like, give her a soak and clean her cage and everything, like, a good soak and, like, a bigger tub. And she just came out, and I was wearing my work jeans at the time, which are, like, Levi's, and she ended up ripping, like, from like my knee to my thigh, she ripped the jeans and put a couple holes in my leg and like a big ass bruise. And that's so, like, and, like, and, and that it, was a great that was a graze too, right? Like it, she didn't oh, yeah. really, yeah. No, she basically just got like my pant leg and like barely got my skin, but so just like ask, the force behind it gave me a bruise. So like I've had a big retic literally give my dad stitches. Like I know what kind of bites retics can do. Like what kind of what kind of bites? What I mean, obviously behind the force of an anaconda bite. What are the teeth like? Do you feel like on an adult? Like, will it shred you up just like a retic? What do you think? No, because the retics have that like serrated edge on their teeth. Anacondas right. don't. They're actually much smaller. Right, like, they the are. Yeah, they're tiny. Smaller. Right, but they tend to have more teeth if you look. So they put <laughs> more holes in you, but they're smaller. So it's not as bad. It doesn't hurt as bad. It's just it happens. There was one time I did have like a nine foot berm wrap up my hand, but that was. It wasn't too bad. I so have a video talk, showing you. What's your protocol when you get wrapped? Tell the people, let the people know. Like, if you're in a situation and a big snake wraps your arm, wraps your leg, what is a like? What is a one-on-one protocol for Megan when that happens? Well, first thing is, is like, I try and keep their coil off me. Like, if they grab it and like, I know they're gonna hold on because you can kind of tell. Don't let them wrap everything around you. Just kind of untangle them. Um, you can either gently step on their tail and like gradually step on it harder or like pinch it until they let go. Or you can use like water to try and get them off. Or I use vodka if they don't let go just because alcohol. You just kind of pour a little in their mouth and like immediately they let go because like they just 
don't like. So you, it. you have vodka like on deck, like you have, you keep vodka in your room, like yeah, ready to rock. small little cheap bottle of it, yeah. Oh God, I hope that's what it's just for. I hope you're not, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I've heard about the alcohol thing. I heard that shit works. I heard it's like instant. They go, oh fuck that, and they just let go. Yeah. I mean, some that- people use Fireball and stuff too, which works. But <laughs> I just do straight vodka. So. With that being said, you know, obviously the snake, you know, let's kind of take it back where you're raising up this anaconda and you obviously get more, right? So at what point are you, at what point were you adding more anacondas to your, to your collection? I think I got my second one, like I think two or three years after I got the first one and then just gradually started getting them more and more. Um, from who, who was the second one from? Uh, I don't know. My brother gave it to me as like a Christmas present. Nice. So I don't know where he got it. The third one, my friend traded me, and the fourth one I bought, and I just found them online. This is like way back. This is like ten years ago, still. So I don't really remember who everyone I got them from, but I would just find some online and buy them, just because I Man. wanted more. I wasn't really planning on breeding when I got my first like couple of them. I just wanted them because I liked them. The breeding right. thing came about, but not until like probably. Five, four or five years into having them so and then you know by then you had how big was your group like when you know when, when it was time to look at these snakes to like all right should i breed them what was your group adult group like at that point i had 2.2 so i had two females and two males oh my god so Boston. no wait i may have gotten a third one in that time frame like breeding season or third female so i may have had five and with did you I'm, I'm sure you played sports or like what did you do in high school like what did you do any did you play any sports or anything uh, or was it just all animals school not really i it wasn't like in high school but i grew up playing ice hockey for like 12 years <laughs> go figure oh my god who the fuck plays ice hockey you're like my boy matthew summers from california playing ice hockey you don't meet too many people like this i'm telling you no. you're definitely different megan you understand why i did not think you're from california you and you, you do understand that like with all due respect not really everyone it was kind of common knowledge i'm from california i feel like everyone knows that and i've said it enough Dude, you even have an accent like you're like you're like your neighbors with dave levinson like you don't like you don't sound like you're from california you're He's not bl- even from Missouri. I hope you know that. Or is it is it Missouri? Did I say Massachusetts? My bad, Missouri. I don't know. No, yeah. He wait. Yeah, where's wait? He's from. He's from. Uh, he's from. Uh, in, not India. I don't want to say India. Where's he from? Buffalo, New York. New York. Where he was raised in kind of Wisconsin. His he's like kind of he was kind of all over the place. He's definitely but mainly, like Buffalo. He's definitely one of my favorite people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, I I, I'm like. I'm such a fan of the guy like and it's and what pisses me off that i'm i'm a huge fan of you too and like almost on the same level as dave that's why i was like really hoping you guys were neighbors it would have made so much sense like it would have brought everything it does bring everything together because at least we're closer to being neighbors now but i mean i think it's yeah, awesome you ditched me the one time i was like right by you megan listen i don't know if you know me but i'm up at 3 45 a.m talking to alpacas okay you hit me up at 9.45 p.m. I no, was I didn't. No, no, no. I told you. Oh, like, no, 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 no. You didn't. It was 8.45. I was actually awake. I'm so sorry. This was a technicality because I didn't have my phone near me, and I was watching a movie. That's what it was. So mm-hmm. I did not – I was. I told my wife, hey, listen, I got two homegirls. You know, they're pretty thick in the game, and they're, they, they, they want to come over. And she was like, do your thing. 
I was down to kick it. You and Jackie. Yeah. Damn. The you just Jackie. Huh? Then you just stopped answering. Can you just, can you let it go? <laughs> <laughs> but no. okay, listen. Never. All right. Let's, okay, so I want to get back to what I was trying to get at. So in high school, really, I, I mean, how big was the collection as far as maintaining? Like, how many snakes did you have when you graduated from high school? Where were you at numbers wise? Um. For like me or like, cause like my brother had his own stuff, which was a lot more than me. Like me, personally, like in a different like, room, like in a different room, or all together. Like you guys had your no, own like, separate. Definitely. Yeah. Oh my god! Amazing parents. Keep going. Yeah. Okay, so you guys had your own so, separate thing. So let's talk about just you, obviously. So let's let's like, what did you have senior year leaving, like going out of high school? Uh, probably about ten snakes between like ball pythons, a boa or two. Berms, I think one or two retakes at the time. <coughs> Obviously, anacondas I had the most of. Uh, and then I had a lizard. So I had a water monitor. I still have it. So, yeah. So, what was what, two years, one year out of high school, you started bringing, breeding anacondas? Like, how, how, how many? Well, years? Yeah, about there. About two years out of high school, I decided to start breeding them. And I was lucky enough to get a very small litter of them. I actually had two go that year. Um, one just happened to slug out, so I got nothing. The other one only gave me five babies the first time I tried. They were very young females. So, like, every time I've noticed, like, with a new female, they're, they always either slug out the first time. Usually, like, it's either very small or they'll slug. But also, I have, at the time, or at least when I first started breeding, like, new females, the males weren't very, like, proven yet. Right. So, like, now, I mean, I... I've gotten good ones almost every year because everything's proven. So your first year, the first time you paired that you got lucky, you, as you're saying, and you you got a litter, right? Yes, yeah. a, a small litter. How many babies? I got five. Okay, five babies, and these are the green anacondas. For people who don't know what we're talking about, these are green anacondas. Nothing against the yellows, but greens are just fucking. That's like better. The jungle, yeah, frills. I mean, I mean, I don't say better. Don't be mean, but yeah, better. <laughs> Anyways, so okay. Uh, five babies and they establish well, or I think we talked about this a little bit, but like what it, you, you pull those babies, do you keep them together till their first shed? What's the process? Like, what did you do? I separate them all. They all get their own individual, like tub. right away, right away. Yeah. Right. I've yeah. heard about, I've heard about them eating the babies. Is that true? The mom eating the yes. babies and, yeah. and, and, that, and that can happen if you don't pull them quick enough or how does that, how, how does that you usually happen? enough so like the female usually will go back and eat the slugs and stillborns every once in a while she'll eat like live babies so you gotta really be on top of like when the female is gonna drop and whatnot because i did have one eating babies i walked in and it was eating babies that was terrifying what a hoe it God, happened to be the albino yeah. the albino is a baby eater oh my god we'll get into that in just a second um yeah. so your, but the first five, you pulled them in their own, you know, you're in their own little rack, in their own tub, right? Did you put them mm -hmm. over over paper towel or what was the substrate um, you put them on? At the time, I was using aspen bedding. Okay. So now I'm using chip, which just is better. But at the time, aspen was kind of like cheap and easy to get, and they right. really had. There wasn't too many other like options back then. That was almost, is, that was oh, eight nine years ago. What is the thing with it with Aspen for you? Like, I mean, because I've had some keepers who swear they swear by Aspen, but for you, since you've used both, 
what 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 works better for you with cocoa chip versus aspen i'm curious um the aspen is a lot drier i mean it's a lot like easier to like spot clean and stuff because you it like kind of stays in one spot but like with like rep chip it sometimes you can't see the poofs because it, like it's all the same color so you gotta just like dig in there and find it but with aspen it's very like easy and you can see it but it doesn't last as long like it'll get the second like a drop of water spills it'll start to mold so you got to be right. like on top of that or with the rep to ship and stuff um it, the water just get like absorbs in it and it helps with humidity and stuff with aspen it stays really it kind of stays really dry and it's really dusty too like when you're like putting it away and like like shaping it out so it reminds it reminds me too much of rodents too like i feel like yeah. i i feel like i just have rodents i'm keeping with my whatchamacallit with my snakes when i have aspen just preference i don't know so after a while, right? I mean, first off, what happened with the first five snakes? Did you raise them up for a while, then sell them? Did you sell them right away? Um, like, what, what did you do with them? I sold them. I kept one for a while just because I thought I was going to keep it. Um, I actually sold it, like, last year just because, like, I decided I didn't need a bunch of normals anymore. Like, I had a lot of, like, just normal greens. And because when I got, you know, the morphs and stuff, I was like, I could probably cut back on the normal greens. So... Megan, hold on. Megan, hold on real quick. Guys, please, with all due respect, don't don't do this to my girl Megan. Let's get the likes up. All due respect, the likes just need to go up. Okay. There's 88 people watching, and there's only 60-ish likes. This is hella disrespectful to this girl who's like seriously girl power to the fullest. So let's get these likes up immediately. All due respect. Please continue, Megan. What was I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> but I will have to say that. It is still awesome the fact that you are breeding that, that a you got a litter off your first try that had to be motivating like i mean did you yeah, kind of get like did, did, were you kind of like oh i got this shit, or were you just like oh fuck, that was lucky like what was really your mindset when that happened um it was kind of i was kind of like well here's the thing i had gotten a lot of advice from ben rennick at the time so like he kind of like guided me through the first like breeding i did so that's like he taught me a lot like i probably wouldn't be breeding as well as i am without him so wow I mean, yeah. this is somebody we were just talking about how amazing person Dave Levinson is and he, and he is, but I'm not from the Ben Rennick generation. You are lucky enough to have been a part of that realm. Good friends with Ben. So was Dave. Like you guys were all like, like a crew, like obviously didn't live with each other. Cause now that I know that, but you guys, like when it came to you know, going, hanging out at shows and stuff like that, you guys, you guys stayed tight, right? Like you guys were all homies. I mean, I was a lot closer with Dave. I used to be a lot shyer, so like I wouldn't like talk to a lot of people at shows, which is probably why I didn't talk to you the first time I met you. So you stared right at. Do you not? Okay, do you remember in in Arlington? Because even Dave, like me and Dave, were when like Arlington. When though? Because so I haven't been to Arlington in like seven years. No, dude. It, oh no, my, my bad. Schomburg. I apologize. It was Schomburg. It was Schomburg because it was a really nice hotel. Because remember, Schomburg was really nice. You know, and we were and we were like it was late. It was after hours sitting down at the table and like me and dave were like still like it was me it was weird because you know dave, i don't know i was trying to really get dave on the show and dave was kind of ducking and dodging me with you know out of respect too and so i saw him next to you you guys were sitting down and i think you guys were talking about something serious but i can't i approached you guys at the wrong time i feel like but i remember saying what up to dave and i looked at you and i'm like hey i would really love to get you on the show and you're like uh-huh <laughs> you're like you're like okay like it was kind of like like, you know, I, I don't know. I could read people pretty well. And with all due respect, you were just like, 
get the fuck out of here right now, guy. I don't know who you are, but I'm trying to talk to Dave. So I was like, damn, I fucked that up. Um, but it's all good, dude. Like, listen. I remember I remember sitting at the table. I don't really remember you there, but I remember it was at the uh, lobby. No, it was at the, it was at the lobby. It was like the couch area. We were sitting at the couch area. Remember there was an escalator, like there was like stair, like there was like yeah. you walk. Okay. And the, I was preoccupied. I remember what happened. You were, you were preoccupied. I was, I'm telling you. I was I, talking to someone. Dave was there for like five minutes and you walked up, but I was already talking to like someone else at the time who yeah. I'm now dating. So yeah. I was out of line. It was me, I promise. But listen, bro, shooters take their shots. And here we are talking about it, laughing about it. And listen, some some things are worth retrying at. I wasn't going to do it. My mission was to get you on. It was going to happen. It was just a matter of time. Just how you're going to follow me, right? I'm number 46. I feel it. Mm-hmm. Either that or you have to unfollow Desiree. That's the thing. And I'm pretty sure. I remember I was talking to Desiree at that show. I don't remember you, though. Listen, we're going to wrap things up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, how okay. many people am I following? Oh, yeah, I'm not following. I have 45. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not following you. You're See? not. And, but we get along. Like, dude, look at that. Follow back. Can, dude, out of all the respect, there's people like people probably laughing at me right now. Can you, like, just on this live for your boy, just hit the follow button? Fine. Where is the button? Right there. there. Oh, my God. That's how you stay consistent. That's how you stay consistent, people. 46, I will take it. I'm going to smoke to that one. Thanks, Megan. I feel better. I feel like a brat. But listen, at the end of the day, I want what I want. And I wanted that follow. Thank you so much. I'll unfollow you later. No, you fucker. You better not do that. That's that's rude. Who unfollows people? (laughs) I do. (laughs) Dude, okay. You want to? Okay, we'll talk about this because I'm sure you've had this awkward moments at shows, like people you don't know walk up to you and you're just like, "What?" You know what I mean? I'm so I was talking to some friends in Texas that were from California, just met up with them, and I had this lady walk up and like mid conversation, she goes, "Hey, MJ, MJ, why did you unfollow me? You unfollowed me," and I'm like, and I swear, Megan, I promise you. Like I have unfollowed people and I will tell them I unfollowed you because of this, this and that. But I don't even know who this lady was. She's like, this is who I am. And she showed me and like, she's not even following me, but she's like, I'm just like, she's like, I'm just hurt that you unfollowed me. I showed you so much support and like literally for five minutes telling me how disappointed she is that I unfollowed her. The most awkward thing I've ever been in. So just to, just to stop her, I followed her. I just did what you did. And then just, so don't do that please don't unfollow me i'd appreciate it it would really mean a lot but okay. tell me dude there's been there's awkward people at shows admit it like there's oh, times yeah. where you're just like dude can you like even weird situations even kicking it at the bar you have random people who will just come into the group and just make the vibe wow i'm just bring. i'm just talking about myself right now but like people who come into the group and just fuck up the vibe and you're just like who is this guy? Like, does anyone know this guy? And some of it could be cool, but then there's sometimes where it's like uncomfortable. Like there's oh, yeah. some, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. There's been a couple like weird random moments before. But you know, if you hang out with Dave, then nothing gets more weird than that. So you're in a good place. So it's like, Dave makes it more awkward, but like in a funny way. So everyone's laughing about it. Right. It's a good time versus like silence and just like looking around and like, what the fuck? Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, if you're with Dave in a show, it's it's either a good time or it's awkward and fun. Let's let's kind of go back to the Ben Rennick legacy as far as 
you I know you were more closer with Dave, but if I'm not mistaken, the albino anacondas that you have, the female that you have came from Ben Rennick. Is that right? Right. So and- I got six from Ben. So <laughs> Ben bred, well, not albinos, but anacondas. But anacondas, I'm just saying, yeah, still. There's six of them. So there was uh, a pair of anneries, which I don't think they're compatible. I think there's two different lines or one is just nothing. And I have to figure that out. Um, then there's the double heads that were made with the male anery to the T positive albino. And then, so yeah, so there's those three and then the double heads, which were obviously. Yeah. So when, but when Ben, when you inquired these animals, where were, did Ben try breeding them at that point yet? Or like, where, where were they so at? Ben had made the double heads with the anery male and the T positive albino. And they were almost ready to breed. They were like kind of close to that age, um, but they still needed some more size. When I got them, they probably still needed about two years, but I haven't been successful with the double heads just yet. But he was trying to breed them. Like he was trying to make, you know, albinos and snows and all that stuff. But I mean, was he like getting as much success as like, I mean, did you see more results than he did as far as when you first started pairing them up? Like, how was it going for you in the beginning with those? So the first year I had them, I did breed a double head to the anery female. And I got some babies. So, yeah, I mean, I was he always had trouble trying to breed that anery female or what we think is an anery female, which I said, I, like I said, I have to prove her out. So um he hadn't been successful with her but he was successful with the albino obviously because he bred the anery her and got the double heads right um at this point like i i have been more successful or lucky with it i guess because obviously i've i've bred them more than he was able to in the time he had them so and so far you bred them how many times so the albino once the anery female once and the albino female that was two years ago how long ago was that that was she so technically it was like a year and a half ago but like they so they breed every they can, can breed every two years but she laid they she had babies back in september okay i mean and and, and as far as the recovery goes i mean did she take it i mean I, I know that some boas could like really take a lot out of them when they when they give birth i mean what was it for like for her i mean did she bounce back pretty quick did she retain most of her weight no, so she didn't really retain any weight. She actually was eating babies. She's the one I walked in on eating babies. Oh, yeah, right. How many does she eat? I don't know. Oh, God. I just, like I said, I use vodka to get up, to make them let go of things. I poured some vodka in her mouth, and she spit it back out because she was eating an albino. So. She let, did the albino, did it die, or, or did it make it the one that oh, had it? Was it? Fine. Damn. It was fine, yeah. Well, like you said, you don't know how many she had eaten before that. Like, was this in the morning or what time was this at? In the morning. I walked in and found her in the morning. Damn, bro. That sucks. Yeah. What are you going to do? That's some, that's some crazy wildlife type shit. That's what happens. I mean, shit, what are you going to do? You can't do shit. She's a wild, proud animal, so it's only their natural behavior. Is that really her documentation? She's from the wild? Oh, yeah. That's how every, like, morph comes in or came in because you can't import them anymore but yeah no she was well caught and she's the world's first albino anaconda to come into the united states right um from what i've heard three came in at the same time she did 
one arrived dead, another one got sent somewhere and then died, and she was like the sole survivor. Right. So, I mean, where, where, what are your thoughts right now? I mean, obviously, you've, you, you're pretty passionate about the project, but do you feel like you're getting closer as far as getting your, a grip on this project and, you know, um, starting up? Where, where are we at, you think? Kind of. I mean, there's still a lot to figure out. Like, the anneries, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the anery female and the male because, like, like I said, that's just what I was told they were. I have to prove them out myself to, like, know. But if I, when I, I'm trying to pair up the double heads this year. So hopefully that'll prove out at least the male lineage and see if he's actually an anery or not. Right. So, so I'm curious, I'm curious, Megan, you know, as far as the, the dieting on your adult anacondas, like, what's your, what are your adult females on? And like, do, does it switch up when you get closer to breeding or, you know, how does that work with, with, uh, with these? Closer to breeding, I feed them a little bit more. Like on average, I feed them every three weeks, but closer to breeding, you kind of want to pump them up a little bit more just because they do stop eating for like eight months and they lose a lot of weight. Um, then yeah, that's kind of it for those. And then once they do have babies, you kind of want to get a meal in them as soon as possible. So usually before they go into shed again, I'll give them a meal and it's always like a small meal, but I always give them like small meals, like once a week for like a month, month and a half. And then I'll switch it to like two weeks and a bigger meal. And then every three weeks, it's like a bigger meal. What's the typical meal size? Like what are you feeding your adults? I'm feeding them rabbits and pigs and they all difference in weight depending on what they're doing. Like, they're getting ready to breed if i give them small meals more often if it's just like you know a normal feeding they'll get like a big meal and they'll be like a month before they get another one now your brother has a crucial plug on pigs am i right am i wrong like he has like a heavy heavy plug on some pigs yeah is that where you, get, right. is that where you get your pigs from yeah i get pretty much all my feeders from them from him because he does rats too right um i mean if he doesn't have what i want i'll order from like cold-blooded so from who? Cold-blooded. I have to plug that. It's, I get paid to do yeah, it. So what, what do you want me to do? Uh, <laughs> well, listen, okay, so to go back to as far as like, let's just, let's just talk about the average keeper who's keeping an anaconda, not breeding or anything like that. What would you recommend somebody, like what, what would you, rec what diet would you recommend for an adult male, female anaconda for just like a, a regular pet keeper, like in your, in, in your, in your opinion? Um, I mean, I do pigs just because like I have, it's easier for me, but I mean, rabbits, obviously it also depends. Some males can get, get kind of picky and just want to eat rats sometimes. And then like around breeding season, I have a couple that will just stay on rats strictly when it's like coming up to breeding season and then they'll like go off feed, but right. then they'll switch back when it's not breeding season, they'll switch back to like pigs or rabbits. Like it's, it's weird. Each one is different. So it just kind of you just kind of kind of have to figure out what your snake likes so that's just how i go like like i said certain ones want this one week and something else another week now how comfortable are you megan with like let's just say you have a male not doing as good as a job as the other male are you using that male to more than one female most times or do you just keep one-on-one -on -one for the most part um i'll put them to other females sometimes but for the most part i have like pairs of anacondas that like it's weird so like i am very picky with it 
So like I notice when certain parents throw out like a weird colored baby or like a weird pattern to it, and I'll try and do that again and see if it like replicates. Duplicates, right, right, right. So I usually will pair like a certain male and female again and again with you know each other, and then another male with another female, just because they do throw these weird combinations. Like I have one that just came out looking hypo it's weird it didn't really color up until like six months old it came out like almost pitch black and now it's like the lightest thing i've ever i've ever seen that's crazy and it came from two normals so i'm just kind of going with that now do you feel like there's going to be more change throughout its life you know you have some snakes that just only get better with age what do you feel like this one's headed um yeah i think so it's got like almost like a paradox spot to it that's like turning orange on as, every, as it grows, it's like it's lightening up more and more. So now, how combative can these anacondas be when pairing? You know, obviously there's been horror stories with where ticks getting fucked up and shit. I mean, I've seen it, but are you going through any kind of like nightmare situations when pairing anacondas? Um, not really, because I don't really pair them where there's like a huge size difference. Like my right. males are kind of big, and like all of them are kind of on the bigger side. Like. My biggest male is twelve feet. Right. So your biggest male, your biggest male is twelve feet. Yeah, but he's and like, he's not very thick. He's like that thick. Where a female who's that big will be that thick. Right. There's so, a there's a substantial difference with the females and males. Right. Right. Just like the retics. And sometimes I don't know. There's there. I've seen big males too. Like I've oh, had yeah. this had this quote unquote dwarf male, uh, which by the way, like. Shout out to my boy Andrew Acevedo. You know Andrew is obviously. I think we we uh, you know Andrew is. I think we we talked at the. Uh, he was fucked up. Next, make sure you're like, hey, get your friend some water. Do you remember him? Oh yeah, what? I've known him for a while. Yeah, um, but you know, we he sold me my first actual true super dwarf. You know, and when I met him, I was sending him pictures of golden childs and calling them super dwarfs because that's what they were sold to me as. And he's like, he's like, that's not a super dwarf. That's not a super dwarf. That's I basically had all mainlands and I was just one of those other idiot new keepers, just fucking believing this guy, whatever they're telling me and giving him my money. And you know, that that's what that was. But thankfully Andrew fucking put me on game and taught yeah. me the right way and whatnot. But what is it like with you as far as like, I don't know. Let me just say, like, if, if when it comes to selling your anacondas, are you pretty lax on who they go to, or do you post them up? Like, how are you selling your anacondas when it comes time to selling anacondas? Um, I kind of I'll post like I have them. People just like contact me. Um, I am pretty picky. Like, I'll I'll go through someone's like profile and like look and see if like sure. I do that too. Yeah. Or like I'll ask them a bunch of questions and like make sure they actually have big snake experience. Right. So I don't really like just selling to anyone just because I, I want them to have the best life. And no, I don't think everyone should own an anaconda just because it's cool. That's definitely the last thing, last reason why you should own anacondas because it's cool. Like to be honest. Right. Um, and you know, unfortunately with the new keepers coming in, a lot of them do get influenced based off what they see on social media, you know, and some people, who, you know, that's why I encourage to anyone new get mentorship you know, because you know, you have people who get into this who think, you know, showing live feedings are still cool on social media. And, and that's like, I mean, I thought they were pretty cool when I first started, you know, but then after a while, like it gets old and you got to understand like how it's not good for the average person to come across that, especially like right. there's people, who love, there's people who love rats too. Like there's legit rat people, like rat communities out there. And you understand like 
I mean, like my dad's a weirdo. My dad loves, like, he likes watching the fucking snakes eat. He's like, send me a live video. I don't like that shit. Like, I feed because I have to fucking feed my snake. But there's people out there who just love the enjoyment of watching something die and watching that whole, like, thing go down. I'm not that guy for whatever, you know, this is why I just can't breed rats. Like, even though I did, it's just like that whole death thing really fucks with me. But there's people out there who just love it. But as a hobby for us trying to be in a limelight of good stuff, it's just not the move to be posting like, you know, because everybody wants clout. Everyone wants followers. And what are, right. you know, when, when, when you're a nobody, not that you're nobody, but when you don't have a following, what's one way to get attention? Show a racket eaten on your fucking page. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but it's not, that's not, that's not the kind of attention you want is all I'm trying to say. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's why, you know, I have homies that come to me and I tell them, hey, look, that's just probably not the right. I'm not going to tell you to take it down, but theoretically like you will you at a point will get old seeing it yourself like you'll just be like you know what i mean like it's just an everyday thing you're just feeding another snake like keep it moving it's not a fucking big deal you know what i mean so i don't know what what's your i gotta ask you megan like you've been in this game long enough you've seen you know this white list shit before i mean what what's your feeling with this us arc stuff like how do you how do you feel about it i mean i mean i wouldn't say it's like scary but obviously it's scary because like you're gonna be able to not if you're okay, so if you're breeding and selling, you're not going to be able to sell at the state anymore. So, like, that's if people are doing this like full time, it, it's going to hurt their business, obviously. Right. So, like, for that, and then, like, and if you want to move out of state, you can't take them with you. And if it's something you love, it kind of sucks, you know? So, yeah. it's like, it's, it just really sucks all together. So, yeah, it really does. You know, but the only thing we could do is come together, right? I mean, for the most part. Because, I mean, who else is coming to bat for us? Like, I just, like, I would understand if there's different departments or, like, different lawyers. But, like, all we have is Phil Goss. Literally, that's all we have is Phil. Like, that's, that's it. Phil. Yeah. So. I, I feel like maybe now that it's more than just reptiles, there's going to be more people getting involved, which I hope. Yeah. But yeah, as of right like, now, I've just seen the reptile community supposedly there's like nothing like us arc for the fish people i'm not sure about the bird people but i heard phil's working to get the fish people like on to ride with us basically so we can come together um and at the end of the day like i keep hearing like oh you don't want to mess with fish people you don't want to mess with bird dude you don't want to mess with any animal people i can tell you that right now it there's doesn't matter. so many bird and fish people compared to like yeah. reptile people like because if everyone just got involved it would be like massive and i think it yeah, yeah, game-changing for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I guarantee there's people who even support PETA and these fucking people that are making big issues that they don't understand that what they're doing affects the birds and fish and everything else. You know what I mean? They're not too knowledgeable of what's happening. They're just more like backing up PETA because that's what's right. But they're not fucking, you know, using their two cents and, like, you know, talking to their actual fucking family member who probably truly loves animals. I guarantee there's not one – I mean, I don't want to say that. But for the most part – there's not a whole entire family that hates animals. You probably have that one weirdo off person who does not like an animal. But for the most part, any person I meet, they fucking love animals. Like, may not be snakes, but it's a dog, it's a cat, it's a fish. It's something. It's kind of like, you know, somebody who doesn't like music. Yeah, I've heard that one-off weirdo who says, I don't like music. And that's true. And that's okay. But, dude, me, I don't know where my life would be without music. Like, I can't even fucking do snake work without music. Like, I don't I don't know. I just everyone has their own fucking thing that floats their boat. But for the most part, Megan, you know, for the like, most people love animals. Like, and 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 there's just a huge piece missing on why there's a PETA 
that's so big. Like, I don't know. I just feel like the more we get involved for us to back each other up, the more we have a chance to not have to go through any of this fucking horrific bullshit that's happening, you know? Right. And we've kind of gone through it a couple we years have. ago. Six or yeah. seven years ago? Six, seven yeah. years ago. I remember I remember when I first came into it, it was still being talked about how like the it was it was just done uh, um and, and whatnot. Like it was really shit was really bad. It was just coming down from getting really bad when I got into the game in 20, 2017, 2016. Um, and I remember hearing about it, and then here we are again. You know what I mean? So, but you know, at the end of the day, there's more people involved now. I mean, the, the hobby has grown a shit ton, Megan, in the last five six yeah. years. Like, dude, it's like it's popping now. Like, people want to keep reptiles. Like, Herps is in, you know. But we gotta spread we gotta spread awareness. Like, we gotta fucking let people know. Like, you know, there 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 are weirdos out there trying to keep us from, you know, us being weird. Like, we're animal weird. <laughs> Does that make sense? I don't fucking. Yeah, us being weird. I mean, we're I mean we're good weird. Weird's not always a bad thing, you know. There's just like there's just like I mean I don't know they're just fucking sick. Like I don't know I don't want to get involved because they're people are just piece of shits. At the end of the day, like I don't feel like humans. We I don't want to say this, but I don't feel like humans deserve the type of animals that we keep as a whole because we have proven not to take care of the animals that we should take care of them. But we are getting a lot better. Like, you know, I don't know, like, like I said, I've always had a huge thing with pit bulls because the way I've seen pit bulls abused and treated in my neighborhoods growing up, like how people fucking just abuse. And I love dogs like that made me just want to love them. And same thing with snakes. Like, you understand, I Megan, I'd be like, I got prepared getting into work. Okay, so I got into ball pythons, Megan, and then I wanted to get into imports. I wanted to get into green trees and like mangroves and all this difficult shit. And I had friends telling me, hey, man, just. You know, I would just slow down and not spread yourself too thin. And sure enough, I was getting all this shit in that was dying on me. And I was like beating my fucking self up over these snakes dying. And even though I had homies telling me, listen, this is just the import game. Like, this is how it goes. I was literally thinking I was the biggest piece of shit. I thought I wasn't meant to keep these animals. But as soon as I kind of like just shut the fuck up and just went through the process and stopped beating myself up over the small things and just learned, it got better. But that was a passion of mine. So you understand for me to be like that with me doing that to my own animals. And then I go to a collection scene neglected, like no matter whose collection is like, I've been to multiple people's collections where they're not fucking kept the way they kept. Like you hit, you get hit with an aroma. Like I'm talking about you. I'm sure you've been in a room where you get smacked in the face and you're like, what the fuck? There's something dead in here. Like I smell mm -hmm. it. Like dude, my nose for, I don't even fuck my eyes. When I go into my room, First thing I, I'm worried about is my nose. Like I smell my room just to see what's going on. And the fact that I'm so keen on that smell, like that's how I judge people's rooms when I walk in, the smell of it straight up. You want to know how rooms really kept? If you walk into a big room, I mean, you walk into a room with a bunch of snakes, smell the motherfucker. If you're getting smacked in the face with the aroma of shit, I mean, there's that, there's that like bedding smell. There's that paper smell. Like there's, there's that like, obviously it's going to smell like something, but you know that aroma. I've been in a room where you know I'm talking about what kind of aroma I'm talking about. Like, oh, yeah. really, really yeah, bad. Piss you have and stuff. Smells like regurge everywhere. Like, you just have to leave. Like, have you ever have you ever been in a room where you just had to leave? Like, you just had to, like, leave it? You're like, okay, I'm out of here. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm sure you never forgot that either, right? No. So I take that stuff to heart. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's been, luckily for the most part, the, the rooms I've, I've walked in like that, I wasn't really too close to the person. I was just like, you know, just there. And I'm like, okay, like, see you later. And, you know, but, you know, if you're close to me, like, especially if you're on my Patreon page 
any of that kind of neglect shit, I just don't stand for it because you, you it's if you can't take care of the animal, then don't keep the animal. Don't fucking have it. It's not yours to keep if you can't keep it. You know, just like you know, people shouldn't be having kids if you can't fucking keep a kid. You know, like there's just humans, people. They're shit. I'm telling you, this is what makes me so mad. Like that we we wouldn't be in this position if we just weren't so such like neglectors as humans as a whole. Not I'm not talking about the reptile community. I'm just talking about the average person who comes in gets an animal and just doesn't really give a fuck about it. You know, it's sad, but that's why we come together. If we're together, like a lot of this sad shit's not as sad when we're all together, if that makes sense. Like that's why just this, this whole U S arc thing is so important. I feel like, um, so, I mean, let me ask you this. How long have you been a part of like the U S arc auctions? Like how do you remember your first U S arc auction? Kind of. Yeah. So I was a teenager uh, my brother had just, like just turned 21 and oh my he was God. with everyone and I had to drive his ass home and he ended up puking my car. Oh, jeez! <laughs> After I told dude, him to stop that, puking. That's a U.S. ARC auction, dude. Fucking U.S. <laughs> ARC auction got him. My God. Do you want to know what happened to my first U.S. ARC auction? Embarrassing. What? You want to hear this one? I got so trashed. I fucking left my – okay, I got so trashed at the auction, went to the bar buying all these people drinks i remember just fucking just having the time of my life not giving a fuck and then next thing you know i black out and i wake up in my driveway and i'm like what the fuck happened my mouth just wasted just like completely blacked out i don't have my wallet don't have my id and then i get a call from cusco or he 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 sends me a text with a question mark and i'm like just reading it all fucked up i'm like what he's like are you okay and i'm like what do you mean am i okay He's like, you you really left the bar in bad shape and you you left open a five hundred dollar tab. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. No clue what I did. I was just I and that was a bad hangover, let me just say that. Like I don't I was trying to put the pieces to the puzzle that whole night and what time was this? What auction this, was this? Pomona 2019. No, two wait, Pomona, no, 2018? 2018 or 2019 Pomona. It was it was the last Pomona that Forrest was at. Okay, so I, I was no. Yeah. Did you go to that lounge thing where Cusco was like wrestling with Andy? Yes, I didn't go. Okay, I left right before. That, that was yeah. one of the most awkward situations. Not Cusco, like something else that happened. But there was like this a like, Canadian guy that was sitting there hitting on me the whole night. And Dave's here, like just staring at him. Like JP, JP, JP. Oh my god, that is hilarious. That's the Canadian guy. Just had him on the show. <laughs> no, it was no, not him. It was someone like they brought. There was like four different Canadians. Dude, I'm if, I'm I'm pretty sure this is JP. I don't think. Are so. you sure? Did he, sure? Did he look like Ernie? No, he was from that. No, he was one of the guys that came with like those like cage building guys that were from that show that was on Animal Planet. I'm I'm lost. I was hoping it was JP. God damn it. I don't think it was JP. That would have been great. All right, JP, you're off the hook. Fuck, that would have been epic. No, but I did hear about an awkward... I definitely heard about an awkward moment because of a guy making things awkward. But then I also remember and hearing about Cusco and Andy Andy Gabs really going at it. Like, they fucking... It, it they got were, serious. They <laughs> it got all serious for a second. They got serious Wrestling. into their fighting. Like, they, someone Wrestling. wanted to win, but it wasn't like an angry situation. Well, here's the thing. Cusco could come off as a hippie all he wants, but he doesn't like to lose. Cusco's not somebody who likes to lose. So and he, he was winning. Cusco, 
Yeah, Cusco's strong. Yeah, fuck yeah, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I know Andy Gaz likes to shoot and he has guns, but you ain't fucking up with Cusco. Cusco has that Samoan Hawaiian blood in him. He's a beast. Oh, yeah. he's, he's just a really nice guy. You know what I mean? He's just a lovable guy. But I'm really mad. At, dude, I would have got in on that action. I swear to God I would if I was there. But I, I can't remember. But, yeah, that was that's exactly – that was a wild night, dude. I heard motherfuckers did not sleep that night. Like, they, they went hard that night. Like, oh, yeah. hard. See, I think I met you at that show because you were hanging out with uh, Miguel. I was. But I would have yeah. remembered. Actually, we probably, probably did meet each other, but I don't remember because I would have remembered at that point. Who knows? I was very green at that time too. I barely knew anyone. I was just the only person I really hung out with and wanted to be and wanted to be known with was with Miguel and Forrest. Those are like the two guys I really hung out with at that time. Um, well, that was but, when I first met Forrest too. Like Dave was that, knew him. That, that, that met him. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I knew about Dave. So I didn't meet Dave, but Forrest told me who Dave was, and I just Dave looked like such a character. I just wasn't ready to meet him. I was just like. Like, I was like, is that guy for reals? Like, he had, like, that crazy mustache that was so, like, it literally looked like he was in character for something, but it was just him. It was just Dave being no, Dave. And so he, he does that- it two different ways. He does it where he, like, curls it, and then he does it where it's, like, straight out. And it's really funny. But Dave was, like, dude, Dave would just stand there and stare at you. Like, he just wasn't oh, yeah. saying anything. Like, he was just super, he was just, and he has these eyes. Like, I just, I can't get over it. Like. Anyways, I can't tell you the day what what it meant to me to actually meet Dave, which I actually met him finally um, at Tinley. No, not Tinley. What was after Tinley? The Lombard one where you tried to talk to me, and we both were like, "I think that's what it was." Yep, I think that what. Yep, I think you're right. You're right. Yep, you're right. Because that was the first show I went to where I had the Zoo Dream shirt. Yep, you're right. Damn, that was so long ago. Fuck. Time for COVID really just fucking like. Schomburg was about to be two years ago. No, that was a year ago. It was back in June. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I gotta I gotta stay off the peyote. I'm pretty fucked up. <laughs> so let me ask you this: What shows are you like? Because you didn't go to Arlington, and I was pretty butthurt about that. But what are your like shows that you that you go to for sure? Um, Tinley, all the Chicago shows. So Tinley, Schomburg, um, San Diego, I'll go to. Uh, Pomona, Anaheim, stuff like that. Dude, don't you feel like San Diego's shows could do better? Like, there's this, they're missing the vibe. They're missing the vibe. And San Diego's beautiful. It is. It's just, it's where it's at is kind of weird. Like, parking's weird. The convention center's weird. Like, it's not really near anything. I mean, you could walk to like the bars and stuff. I have a really funny story about San Diego show, though. I like like, had my 21st birthday down there. Oh, what if you have it? Oh, my God. Tell me about it. I want to know about it. So it was actually like a week after my birthday. But this is like when me and my friend Jackie like became like best friends. Like we knew each other. I had told her a couple snakes before. That was when we actually like hung out. So what happened was we do the show and it's Saturday night. And her husband had made this like five pound gummy bear and soaked it in like five different alcohol things. I don't even know what it was. Oh, my God. They still do that. Yeah. So one of our friends, Mike clarkson ate it or got it he ate like half it my brother even had some of it they were just gone and everyone somehow ended up at the coyote ugly and we're sitting in this like double booth thing mike's over here eating a pizza he took a sombrero off the wall (laughs) and he's his pizza he has anything you can find on the table he's putting on his pizza salt pepper 
hot sauce, ketchup, mustard, anything. And his wife is telling him no more. And he just ordered like a Jack and Coke. And I'm over there already kind of drunk because it's my 21st birthday. Everyone's kind of buying me drinks. I'm sitting there with a drink called like a bikini remover or something. And I'm like halfway done with it. I end up taking Mike's Jack and Coke and I have two straws going at it. And I'm sitting there and Jackie's next to me. And I just stop and sit back. And she looks at me and she goes, are you good? And I'm like, I don't know. A couple, don't minutes, know. Go by, <laughs> a couple minutes ago, who's by? And she's like, are you still good? I was like, no, not at all. She's like, all right, do, you have to go, do we have to go to the bathroom? I was like, yeah. So we like run there. The women's bathroom is locked. It's out of service. Oh so we God. look at each other and we're like, we're going to the men's. So I'm trying to like puke leaning over a urinal and some dude walks in looks at us and she explains what's happening he goes to the urinal next to me and whips it out trying to pee oh my god why you're puking i ain't hey, going you, why, why don't you go to the fucking stall why are you puking on the urinal for that's disgusting i have no idea oh my god Where I don't you go, this is what jackie's telling me like, this, this is my 21st birthday this is like the last time i ever like really drank too. I bet. Yeah, that would make me not want to drink ever again. You're fucking yakking over urinal. Some guy's dick's fucking peeing right next to my mouth. Ugh, what a time. What I remember, though, is like we ended up in the stall where I actually puked and I was fighting Jackie about holding my hair back because I wanted to do it myself. And I was good at it, but she was like fighting me on it. So I was just like sitting there like kind of grab it like this and she's over there trying to help me and I'm like, no, it's fine. I didn't really know her that well at the time, but now we're like best friends. Well, I mean, that's the way you connect is after a good night of puking, you know? It's the way it works. Now, let me ask you this. What was the night like? What was the morning like the next day? I bet you were fucking hating life. Uh, I think everyone told me to chug water the night before, so it wasn't, like, super bad, but it was still kind of bad. Damn. Crazy. What a a time. But really, I could say... I do I do always wonder, though, and I think Rami's actually in the chat. Shout out to Rami. But Rami's in the building, and... uh, I listen. I'm a very passionate hometown person of San Diego. I love my city. We have the best Mexican food. We have the best beaches. I feel like we have amazing shit down here. But I feel like the shows could just do better. I feel like we could get more big dogs down at the shows and make more of a thing out of it. San Diego's popping. You have Tijuana. Like we go to Hong Kong and party. Are you kidding me? Like so many things we can do as together as a, as a unit. I don't yeah. know. Day by day. Hey, listen, I, got, I, want, I want to shout out some Super Chats. I'm sorry. I haven't been showing any love to Super Chats. Um, my boy and Andrew from uh, Redwood Reptiles, he's actually an, an L.A. native, and he's curious. What high school did you go to? El Segundo. El Segundo. Well, duh. El Segundo Pythons. That makes sense. Well, and is, was that a big high school or is that kind of a low-key high school? Um, It's not huge, but it's not, like, small. So, okay, here's the best way to put it. Have you ever seen the movie Super Bad? Yes, like that. That's, that's my high school. They filmed oh, everything in high school, yeah. Ah, what a trip. Crazy. Yeah. Nice. Um, my boy Silver Cash here uh, wants to know, have you ever experienced a parthogenic clutch or lay, parth- parthogenic lay with an anaconda before? No, not yet. Now, how does that work, you feel like? Is it just random? Like, I mean, how, I mean, how often are I people know. experiencing that? I've only heard of it in like a couple zoos. Um, and it's usually when they have like a bunch of females together in one thing, which is weird. I don't know. Um, Cause they'll like check all their anacondas, make sure there isn't a male. And then they realize like, okay, it is a part though. But no, I've, I've never experienced it. And I haven't heard 
of it very often. It's just I hear about it when you know zoos do it. So respect. This is actual Martin Moore's second super chat of the night. First one was 50, now 20. Shout out to my boy. Girl power, hit that button. Hit that like button. Where are we at? How many likes are we at? 92. I'll take that. That's respect. We have 93 people watching, 92 likes. That's more oh, Megan Kelly, I feel like. That's more respectable. I appreciate it. Where are you Shout saying to- the like? I can like it. There you go. Oh, <laughs> I can. You just have to go to YouTube. Uh, I think I have one more. YouTube says 44. No, you have to refresh it. Refresh it. I gotta find you again. You're, I guarantee you're not even subscribed to my channel. I I'm guarantee not. You. I'm subscribed to nobody, by the way. Just hit the. It's free. You don't have to hit the notification bell. Just hit the subscribe button. That's more. No, it's not more important than the follow. I'll take the follow. Never mind. I'm gonna stop bitching. I'll take the follow. I'm gonna take what I can get. But uh, what are we looking at right now? Oh, the likes. Um, yeah, the likes. We should be at 93 likes. If you if you hit if you have not hit. The, oh, we're at 98 now. That's we're what I'm 90. talking about. Oh. Let's get over 100 likes for my girl, Megan. Let's go, please. We're, we still got more. I, I got 30 more minutes in this, and I got more to, to talk about. Let's get some more. I should, uh, like, I should do the dislike button on myself. Well, nobody can see it, so go ahead. Aw. <laughs> You're just doing it for yourself. So I do. I honestly am so happy that YouTube took the dislike button away. Even though I didn't like – I would always get like two or three. I would get dislikes. But like honestly – the only reason why a dickhead wants to dislike is so they could see it that it's there. That's all they give a fuck about. So you gotta understand how much of the dislike went away. The fact that those Bob Smith, the press Karens can't see the dislike no more. It's it's that it was, it was genius. I love it. I thought it was yeah. great. Fucking hate. What was the reason they took it away? Because there was like some big reason they took the dislike. I think away. something with the negativity. It's just like to infl- not. It's like. Something like to influ- encourage like positivity or something like that. I, I think I think they were talking about taking away likes on Instagram too. I, they were, they, they've been talking about that for a while, but they were talking about uh, having a platform with no likes. Like you just post, you know what I mean? I think. I feel like that would just die really fast. Would super die. You see what I'm saying? Well, you know, people yeah. are people are motivated to post based off the numbers they see. You know what I mean? You take right. that away, I guarantee that shit was just. You know what I mean? That's which is. And if you're someone like me, like I don't comment on a lot of stuff. Like I rarely right. comment on stuff. Like I'll like it if I like it, you know. Like that's kind right. of how I show support. I don't. I'm not very vocal, so I don't just comment on stuff. If I comment on something, it's you're usually pretty important to me. Respect. Oh my God, you comment on my stuff before. Yeah, I'm in a good rarely. place right now. Mostly um, just mess with you. I'll take it though. It's still it's still energy coming from Megan. Sit. I'll take it. Marshall, Marshall, Mar- Marshall, Marshall Hawkins. What's up, player? Showing support. Love your work, Megan Kelly. It's K E L L E Y, and she's from the West Coast. Please get it correct. I'm just kidding. And by the way, it's the coolest reptile podcast ever. You're the man. Thank you so much, Marshall. You're the, you're a good trap talk Patreon fan member for sure. All right, is there any more? Oh, we have another one. Who big one? The homie Willop. Willop. I call them Willop. William. He was at that show when Dave was there, and Cusco was. Yeah, he's my buddy. He's the homie. This is the homie yeah. William. He does strength training. He's fucking swole as yeah. fuck, dude. The guy's strong. He's a mule. He's fucking. I know. I've met. I've met him. Big fan of Megan. All hell the conda queen for sure. That's the conda queen right here. The time I came out of Pomona was an interesting night, but funny. <laughs> Wait, you came out? What do you mean you came out? What does that mean? Oh, I got out. you. He came out with Dave. He was helping Dave at the booth. I thought like came out, came out, like came out. You know. <laughs> That's what I thought at first. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I didn't know. That's cool, too. You know what I mean? I got gay homies. But no, that's not what he is. That's not what he meant. But yeah, dude, I know. 
Will, William, I met, I met William at multiple shows. Uh, Pomona is one of them, but we had a good time. I think at the last Arlington, was it right, William? The last Arlington, or could it have been? Uh, I know Schomburg. He was there at Schomburg. Uh, was he? Wow, I'm pretty sure. Him. Pretty sure. I don't no. know. William, William pops up. Anyways, much love and support to the homie William. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for tapping in. Um, what's your uh, other than? Let me, let's talk about something. Oh, hold on, real quick, another one. Uh, Animal Con. I'll definitely be going. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard of Animal Con? You know, it's a new thing this year. No. Where is that? So, Brian Barczyk, Brian Potter, and Bob Ashley are coming together and throwing a huge fucking, like, thing in Florida, in Daytona, called Animal Con. Um, and it's, like, a new thing. It's, like, kind of like a new show. I think it's going to be mostly, like, like, targeting with influencers, like, YouTube oh. influencers. So, We'll see how that goes. I'm not a fan of a lot of YouTube influencers. I'm not going to lie. And I'm somebody who am very transparent. So I don't want to just be that buzzkill if I'm going to a place that's all about influencers. And if I don't, I'm not really fucking with a lot of influencers, I just, you know, if I'm going to go, I'm going to support Brian. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, not everyone's doing it like Brian is. And even, I love Brian, but even Brian sometimes is like, fuck, like, you know, like, I, I, I like, People who work and do what he does, it's not easy because obviously you're under a huge, you know, ma magnifying glass. I can't, I can't speak right now, spotlight. but a huge spotlight. You know what I mean? So there's obviously a line that you're crossing, I mean, a, a line that you're walking the entire time doing it. So you can never be perfect when doing animal content, but there's just people out there who are just not good at it at all and lead by bad examples and. Dude, I can't help but to hear people talk. And lately, I've been hearing about a big animal influencer who's on big on YouTube, who's like robbing people, and he's like going around shows and like you know getting all like doing all these like promos with them. But then I'm hearing all these stories about how he robs people, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to name drop it because it's it's acquisite. It's it's not for sure, and I don't want to. You know, I could tell you after the show, but I could tell you right now, anyone listening. And, 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 you know, not too many people are being accused of robbing people, especially in the industry. So this is a rumor that's been going around and it just doesn't make sense to me because with that being said, even if you didn't know who I was, Megan, if you knew or heard that I was robbing people, I'm pretty sure you would want nothing to do with me or you would want nothing to even associate yourself with if that was anything being said about me. Am I right? Like, wouldn't that be something you'd want to eliminate yourself with if that was the case? Right. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to be associated with that person. And that's the thing, you know, as much as like these accusations are being said, there's people still kicking it with this guy. And I'm just like, it's just beyond me. Like, even if it's not true or whatever, like something should be addressed. And here's the thing, Megan, like, I know a lot of people are just in here to do things with animals and it is about the animals. But at the end of the day, this is a business too. People are making a living off this. This is a fucking serious thing for some people. So yeah. For me, you know, if I hear anyone's trying to fucking rob anybody, it, it is a concern to me. You know what I mean? And if it gets close to me, then I address it. The thing is, it's not close to me. It's not close to my circle. I'm just like, but at the end of the day, I just don't like how people just brush it under the rug. You know what I mean? And and, and there's been so many things that, and you know this, like there's been so much backstabbing and so much fucked up shit that's gone down in this industry that a lot of people don't even talk about or know about. Maybe a few do, but so much yeah. shit just gets brushed under the rug and i'm just not somebody to i i don't know i don't feel good about that force used to make fun of me all the time he's like dude you remind me you, you remind me of me 10 years ago you care about all this shit and you know i just don't give a fuck no more and the thing is like i 
still care. Like, I don't see myself not giving a fuck. Like, I, you know, and 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 God bless Forrest. Like, Forrest is from a different generation. He was caping animals and doing this shit before this thing was like popular on social media. But see, mm -hmm. I'm from a new generation, and I feel like this new generation does care more, and they want to care. And I don't know, man. Like, I, I, you are who you hang around yourself with. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you if you want to fucking identify yourself. Then look around your your peers. Look around the people you associate yourself with, and that's who you are. That's all I gotta mm -hmm. say. And that's Megan. I will say as much as I love Dave, you, I always see you with Dave, and that's fuck. I put that into consideration. That's respect. Like when I go to shows, I link up with my people. I respect all the people those people kick it with. You know what I mean? And and that's just what it is. And you got it. You got to be smart like that. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, I've known Dave for so long now at this point, like even before like this whole the whole Anaconda thing, like I've known Dave, we were friends for at least 10 years now. Right. So now, I mean, I don't want to get in like dip into the dark stuff at all. But I mean, I got to ask you, like, what, what was what, what was the feeling like, you know, because, you know, I, I went through it. I was close with Forrest, you know, and and Forrest passed away like a year or so after Ben passed away. But Dave was close with both both of them. But like, what was it? What like, what did you? How did that hit you when you heard about Ben? Like, do you recall what the feeling was like? Or it was more shock. Like I said, I wasn't like super close with Ben. He was more of like a mentor. Like I always ask questions, and we talk about right. anacondas, like all that stuff. Like I wasn't like super close friends with him. It was more like a mentor thing. Right. Um, I think mean, that's how I would I describe it. I guess. Um, it was more of a shock. I didn't believe it at first until like you know more of the information came out and so like i heard about it, like the, the, i think the same day it happened yeah so because like and then like i said i was friends with dave and dave would tell me things and like he was really upset and then for a while he just went dark so i was more concerned about like dave because he was really close with ben and he was the one who was like first there to take care of the animals and stuff too so like i was always kind of checking in on on Dave a lot of the time and like same with Forrest when that happened like I was kind of <laughs> seeing how my friend's doing in that time and not really focused on myself so and you know I, I I could tell you I only knew of Ben because of Forrest right like Forrest was like mentioning a lot talking about Ben a lot and then obviously when Ben passed away it took it took for it took a lot out of Forrest and I was like holy shit but then Forrest was telling me how much closer Dave was with, with Ben and how even Forrest was like Dude, Dave is like in a bad place, you know, not bad place, but he's he's hurting right now and kind of ghosting people. You know what I mean? And I remember like maybe a year, not even so after that is when me and Forrest started the podcast and the first person Forrest wanted. He's like, we have to bring Dave on like he wanted Dave to be a part of like, like be a host. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was so hard to get him on for some reason. I, I'll never forget. And then believe it or not, Forrest's very last podcast that he was ever alive for was when we had Dave on. Did you hear about that podcast? Do you know how epic that podcast was? Did no, you know? I, I watched it. Dave sent me the link to it. I watched it live. Talk about like, I've never laughed so hard in my entire life. I'm talking about four hours of laughter. Just I couldn't believe how funny the guy was genuinely. And I remember there'd be times where he would, he would just stop talking and he would just be staring back at the camera with his just with this blank stare. Like I would I would think there I would think the connection was like gone, but he was just blank staring back like yeah, and like he, like he like freezes and like really intensely listens to what you're saying before he'll and, answer or like say anything and just this blank stare. And dude, I cannot help but to laugh. Like it was just making me laugh. And uh, 
God, man, God bless him, dude. He was the last, like I said, last podcast I've ever had with Forrest. Um, and uh, man, like I said, probably the best ones to date to this day. I won't, I'll never forget that podcast. It's it's so good where I can't even. I'm scared to go back and rewatch it. Like I'll get chills and stuff like that, unfortunately. But like from what I remember, that podcast, it's gold. Like that's a that that right there. That podcast will go and this one obviously, but that one right there will go down in the books. I'll tell you that right there. So amazing stuff. Um, now with that being said. How important is it to you? I mean, obviously, the, the albino project's important to you, right? But a lot of things can happen in life, Megan. You know that. Life can change. You know what I mean? You got a boyfriend. Your boyfriend keeps snakes. He has. He, he's a retic keeper, right? He does retics and stuff. Mainland, so a lot of OGS but, stuff. So I'm sure you're thinking down the road, right, I'm, as far as, like, what you want to do with these snakes. And do you have, like, a like you know, is there – not 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 like a cutoff but like how how far do you want to take this albino project like are you like really trying to break the mold with this or are you just trying to see what you can get and and it you know just more of like a like a hobby type thing like i mean what's your main goal with the albino anacondas i mean the whole snake thing is like a hobby for me i just love it but i do want to see the project all the way through like i want to do it for years to come like i'm not doing it just to do it once and you know see what i can get out of it i want to keep doing it respect so like you know eventually you know i'm not going to be the only one with them hopefully you know everyone who wants one will eventually have one down the road so like it's not just a one one and done thing for me so i mean i i hate to talk into an existence i hate to talk to into an existence but i am confident that you are going to get there with these anaconda these albino anacondas so i will i want to ask you let's speed up things in a in a perfect world where you're let's just say you hatch out five albino anacondas right mm-hmm. and they eat they all they all thrive they're doing good what would you price an albino anaconda at? like if you were able to put one up for sale at this point right now i really you don't know that? it's kind of it's something i'd have to like talk about with dave and stuff but it's right i mean i don't really know at this point because i mean it's what so- are you going based off you're going based off a one-of-a-kind snake like it's kind of right. like it's hard to, I mean, it's really, it's, I don't want to say it's priceless because anything, everything has a price on it. Right. But it's like, what price? It's crazy to think like how if you work with certain animals and could get something to a point, the price that you could price something is could just be through the fucking roof. You know, oh, not, yeah. not that you're not, not that you're trying to just rape people, but out of respect, this is a one of a kind animal, you know, and right. I mean, you think about it so i'm just curious like what are, what, what could people be prepared for if they are to expect babies you know being sold from your you know out of your collection you know like price range wise you can't can you give us a ballpark maybe i mean it's it's gonna be up there i can tell you that um i mean you gotta kind of look at how like the first of everything kind of was like first albino retic or first albino berm you know the pied retics those started at like fifty thousand dollars when they first came in first were available like and they're easier to breathe and take care of to be honest the retics are just easier like they love food like all the stuff it's they're just easier all around anacondas are a little like more finicky when it comes to start eating all that other stuff so i don't know it's just something you know i don't know exactly right now so it's just something (laughs) you're gonna have to figure out as time goes on so okay i have to know what's in your hand show what's in your hand 
Shut the fuck. Oh my god, that was a berm or something. Out of no. all the snakes this girl has behind her, she's holding a noodle, a little ball python noodle. Look how cute. It's really pretty snake. Yeah, it's a banana oh crystal. What the fuck's a crystal? Um ah, I like that. Special Mojave, I think. Wow, can you bring it closer? I'm just I want to see it. Looks looks it's got blue eyes. Wait, come back to the camera. So what do you do? What are you doing with ball pythons at this point? Like, are you just just like for fun, or what's going on with the ball pythons right now? Not for fun. I have a couple of them. I've got one that's gravid right now, but that's just just a little fun side project. And you know, you sell your productions, or like, do you just hand them over to Dave? What do you usually do with your ball pythons? Um, usually hand them over to Dave so he can sell them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with all due respect, you don't really have ball python following right no not really i mean there's right. like just people who are into snakes who obviously have ball pythons but like no i i don't really have the following for it i just like them like i said i like certain morphs i just kind of stick to those ones that i enjoy and just do that with them that's what i do i mean ball pythons is what started all this but at the end of the day i just kind of saw like i don't know i mean there's so many different levels you could go in the ball python market and and i just don't want to it could get stressful, I feel like, when you're trying to compete with all these motherfuckers who are in a different planet with their ball pythons. You know what I mean? So I just want to look at my animal and try to enjoy it for what they are versus trying to like make money off of it. Even though I do appreciate the money side of it a lot, I just sit back and be like, I'm just going to keep what I really like to enjoy seeing. And, and you know, if it's high quality, no matter what the ball pythons are, if it's good quality snake, it's still going to sell. You know what I mean? Um, right. And there's different levels of your, your price tag. You know, I'm, at the end of the day, it's what you want to work with so i mean let me ask you this down the road do you see yourself getting more ball pythons or working with more ball pythons um i used to have a lot more i just i kind of cut back and like wanted to just focus on the anacondas mostly it's like i cut back on a lot a few years ago like i have a lot less retics than i used to the berms i always just had certain morphs um right. but like i really did want to like just kind of I was feeling a little overwhelmed, especially with like ball pythons, retakes, berms, anacondas. I just wanted to cut back and just focus on strictly like anacondas. So I sold most of my ball pythons and then like half the retakes I had at the time. Yeah. And just kind of focused on, you know, the anacondas for the most part. What were some of the morphs you were working with or passionate about um, back then? With, or with balls? Yeah. I had a lot of banana stuff. I had clown um did you ever try did you did you ever drop crazy money on a banana like were you part of that era where you were like when bananas were like 20 and shit no that's good but uh, everything i have is banana so everything i'm gonna make is super banana right so so you made a lot of super banana stuff no i just the ones i kept are just banana stuff now so i'm i'm making super bananas which i haven't done yet but i've made clown stuff and whatnot before nice nice so theoretically you know obviously other than the albinos with your other anacondas how many litters are you shooting for every year i try to do at least one a year of you know obviously normals because that's you know i started out doing and i'll always do a you know a thing of normals but i do want to you know probably at least have two a year and one of them be a morph some type of morph related thing Okay. So, to always right. have a litter of greens, normals, and then try and do something else with like the morphs. So, 
And then, you know, how crazy is a wait list? I mean, do you have that? I'm sure you have people on your bumper, like, asking you, can I, can you let me know? Like, well, how do you usually delegate that? I try not to do wait lists just because, like, for my normal greens, obviously for, like, the morphs is a little different because, like, I am partnered with Dave on it. So we, you know, have that. We're trying, we actually are trying to go off of Ben's wait list if we can, you know, find it. <laughs> we can't right now. Um, but, no, for me, I just kind of do first come, first serve because when I have done wait lists, um, usually the first couple people who was like, Hey, put me on the list, uh, don't respond. So I just kind of gave up on that because I, I'm not going to chase someone down. Yeah. Fuck that. It's, you know, it's, it's funny how that works. It's always the, the, the highest energetic person on your bumper before things happen. And then once it happens, they're gone. And then, and then they, and then after you sell, they come up with, they come up with some fucking asshole excuse every single time I did. I, in the beginning of my first year, I had so many window shoppers. I started keeping a list. I was like, I'm gonna remember you motherfucker wasting my time. And next time, markup price. I'm fucking marking up every time. Next time you ask, just so you don't ask me ever again. But anyways, um, yeah, I was just curious because you, obviously you work with something that's not being produced a lot, and people are a huge fan of your work. I mean, I can mm -hmm. tell you right now, I would love a green anaconda, but if it came from you, like I will, that's the day I would own a green anaconda is if it came from you. And I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. So I'm sure there's people out there wondering how they get their hands on, uh, you know, Megan produced a a anaconda. But I guess that's just perfect timing right be be ready when it's time to be ready i'm sure right yeah i mean i just tell people to follow my page and if you're still interested you know when i have babies like i post it and i post updates on them and like all that other stuff like if you're right ready for it then then that's your chance to get it so. now have you ever done youtube or do you have youtube i hope you yeah, i've got a youtube i'm not super active on it because i don't really like being on camera too much so Oh, tell um, me more. Look what you're doing now. Yeah, it's different doing podcasts though. Like, I'm okay with like being asked questions and answering them. It's just when I have to like make my own YouTube and come up with my own stuff. Like, I'm very awkward. I'm very shy. Like, I'm a lot of work. It's like here's the thing. This is why I give people props who are like not comfortable in front of cameras, but they still do YouTube shit because just even if you are comfortable in front of the camera the whole editing and that whole putting shit it's so much work it's a lot of fucking brain power like it because it's tedious but it's also a lot of energy to put yourself in, in a position that makes you super uncomfortable but i feel like that's what makes you who you are like justin gabelka is one of my favorite people i've seen like trans transform into this person who's so comfortable on camera now you know if you go back to justin's like earlier days first on youtube like he's pretty awkward i'm not gonna lie but now he's like a fucking G like he's so like a G in front of the camera. Cause he just put himself out there, put himself out there. And you know, there's, I listen to a podcast that kind of tell you, like give you advice on like putting yourself in awkward positions in life to kind of make you feel like, you know, like you're prepared for things more versus just being, you know, complacent and lax. Cause when you're just laid back and you're just not expecting nothing to happen when shit happens, that's when motherfuckers get floored and they're not ready for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've been doing YouTube for a while. I just do it, don't do it consistently because, like, I don't really like it too much. I mean, that's the thing. And I mean, let's, let's I mean, you have 16,000 subscribers. That's a lot of subscribers. You that's not... look it up. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. We're all going to look it up. Let's check it out. So oh, go over. Cool. Maybe this maybe this will encourage Megan to put out more content on YouTube. Everyone go over right now to <laughs> Megaconda's YouTube channel and go subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Look at that. Boom. You hit that all. And look at this, man, bro. This is crazy. I so your last video was four days ago. So you're 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 not bad. You're you're putting stuff up. 
I mean, yeah, well, that wasn't really like an edited one. That was just, I post that one on Instagram too. But like, I have some like actually edited ones, not great editing, but I do enjoy editing. Like, I, I like camera work and all that other stuff. And so, this is her lane where I just figured we could watch this real quick because this is yeah. very interesting. So, I mean, how, I mean, are you pretty good about catching them when it comes to them lane for the most part? Like, I mean, are you. No, so like that that video is the first time I ever caught them laying because she was doing it in the middle of the day. Every other one has been at night and I was like sleeping or like I had like just missed it. So like I've gotten up at like four o'clock in the morning and just found babies. Wow. So I wish there was like and you know you've heard of sensor push and like those like things that tell you like the temps to your phones and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I wish there was like a like a sensor push that sensed like mo like like motion or something to give you like a heads up to your phone. Like, yo, something's being hatched right now. Yeah. That'd be sick. That one you like, can watch take its first breath. That is a dude. This is, I, I cannot wait to experience this. I mean, obviously I don't have anacondas, but I do have a boa that's uh, due to lay. I think April 5th or it's, it's like 60 more days or something like that, which is crazy because, you know, obviously, with pythons, they lay eggs, boas, live litters. But after my snake ovulated, she's still eating. Like I was told, you still offer meals to your boas, so she's eating once yeah. every three. She's eating once every three weeks, and that's that's trippy. I thought they'd shut off. Yeah, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I have a couple where I still offer them very small meals, but um, they'll still eat up until like halfway through it. Right. So, but yeah, they they will eventually stop eating, at least with anacondas. They eventually do stop eating when they get closer to, like, their due date. So the fact that you have your hands, you know, I mean, you have your you have your feet wet with live litters and clutches. If you mm -hmm. had to choose, what process is less of a headache, you feel like? The live litters or the hatching out eggs, you feel like? So the egg thing, you have to be, like, buried on top of your incubator. So, right. like, you have to have the right, you know, humidity in it and all that other stuff and, like, temperature and stuff. Um, right. It's just, I feel like it's not as stressful because you kind of see progress with this. Like, after a certain amount of days, you see eggs. And then you get to watch those eggs kind of form, like, form into, like, what, how they're about to hatch. And then they hatch. So, you kind of get to see it. But with, like, boas and, like, live birth, she's just gravid or pregnant whatever you want to call it for like eight months and you have nothing like you don't know if it's going to be good or bad she's going to give like live babies you just don't know it's just a guessing game and it feels like it's more stressful because you just don't know but we're like right. with like pythons and stuff where you get eggs you actually get to see something and you know it's good or bad like within a few days of like ovulations like it's not like a whole year you're waiting it's only a couple months yeah. So that's the kind of big difference between it. Have you ever bred boas other than anacondas? Have you ever bred, bred like no. boa constrictors? No. No. So what's funny is like I used to help my brother and stuff with like berms and retics. Like I never actually did them 100% on my own. Um, but the first thing I bred 100% on my own was an anaconda. The second thing was a ball python. <laughs> So you, don't really, like, you don't really find that you don't find that 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 uh you know that on the resume for the most part. You don't see anacondas and ball pythons a lot. No, usually you start with like something that's somewhat simple, like ball pythons. Like they're you know not simple, but like they're easier. And then you go and start doing the harder stuff. But no, I started off with like one of the harder things to something kind of easy. 
So I have a wrap-up question for you, Megan, before we get into the hot seat questions, okay? Okay. Because no matter how cool you are, you have to go through the hot seat questions. Everyone goes through hot seat questions. But I'm curious, very curious, um, especially with what's going on right now with U.S. Arc and you know this the, the, the this whitelist and whatnot. But what do you have to say, or what is your input for anyone out there who's looking to get into big big snakes nowadays? I mean, do you think it's hard to get into mainlands right now, or get into a big snake, or do you feel like if you're really into big snakes, maybe you should get into super dwarfs? But Regardless, right now, what it, what is your feeling about getting into big snakes as a new keeper? I feel like with new keepers, you just you either start with a baby and you learn as it grows. I don't think a retick is great right off the bat, just because you know they're I would say one of the more dangerous big snakes, just because like their teeth and everything, and they're very very food aggressive compared to like berms or anacondas. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just either start with a baby or get experience before getting one. Like find someone who's willing to teach you or to like show you the ropes. And like, I just, I don't know. I just don't say just don't just jump right into it because you want one. Like start off small and kind of just learn, learn as you go. Now, what about this? What what about the person who's been keeping retics and they're, they're meant for it. Right. But now they're at a point where they can breed. What's your input on breeding retics right now? And let's just keep it at mainlands. Um, I mean, if you want to do it, do what you want. Just, you know, do it the right way and, like, get advice from other people who've done it successfully. Don't just throw them together because just throwing snakes together is not always a good combination. You have to know when they're ready to go and, like, temperatures and cycles and, like, all this other stuff. There's a lot that goes into it compared to just, like, putting things together. So just get, get advice or just kind of get the knowledge before you actually do it. Cause if you're going to breed retakes, you have to know that male is going to be more aggressive and they're way more dangerous than anything else. God bless it. You're so right. A little yeah. OJ, you know, what sucks as I had this, my very first retic, his name's OJ. I was so cute. Like the cute, cause you know, baby retic, that's it's not much cuter than a baby retic. Let's just say that. I mean, yeah, they're, I guess baby anacondas are cute, but baby retic is fucking pretty cute. Right. But there's that crossover. Is that a retic? It is a retic. Oh, that is adorable. Ooh, what is that? Purple Sunfire? Golden. something. Oh, purple golden child genetic stripe. Oh my Lord. That is gorgeous. How big is that? Um, or how old? How about just tell me how old I know how big it is. How old is it? coming up on two years okay so that's a mainland obviously right genetic stripe it has some kind of dwarf in it i don't know okay. i'm not great with the dwarf stuff to be honest well i mean i don't i've i mean i don't know man i've seen dwarfs that are pretty much big like a fucking mainland i don't really believe in i don't want to say i don't believe in dwarfs but it depends on like what kind of dwarf and percentage and all that stuff i guess i don't really know i'm pretty sure genetic stripe is some kind of dwarf right like I said, I'm not great with the dwarf stuff. But I, I'm just saying, you nailed it when it, when you were saying that male changes. Like that male, when it yeah. comes to pairing up, that little cute little, like what you're handling right now, it, it ain't like that once you bring a female involved. And it's like, it, it you just need to be prepared for it. And I think a lot of people aren't. Like I wasn't. And my boy yeah. put holes in himself. It was terrible. Like, oh, my boy fucked himself up. But gorgeous. Good work, Megan. You ready for these hot seat questions or what? Sure. I'm not going to be easy. I'm coming in hard. 
So do me a favor, Megan. I, I know you're not, I don't feel you as this type of person, but I don't need an explanation with every answer. The hot seat questions are meant to be answered as quick as possible. You feel okay. me? All right. So we're going to come in. Hot seat questions for Mega Conda. You ready? Did you get bit? No, it squeezed oh. my thumb. We're good. It was like bending my thumb backwards, and I was just like not comfortable. Okay, here we go. Hot seat questions for Megan. You ready? Sure. Frozen thought or live? Uh, frozen thought if you can. What the hell? Frozen thought or live? You have to pick one or the other. So it depends. Babies don't always like frozen thought, but like big ones, I like frozen thought. If it came down to making one choice, God was like, Megan, you can't do both. You have to pick right now. Was it going to be frozen thought or live, Megan? Frozen thought. Thank you. A cut or no cut? Uh, I let them tip first and then cut. <laughs> so you cut. <laughs> yeah. I don't also, I don't have eggs very often, so it's Retics very rare have to. Retics or berms? Are we talking about morphs? Because I'm about you have to, you can only keep one or the other, retic or berms. Uh, probably retic. Damn, really? I thought you were gonna say berm. Respect. Um, I'm Emerald tree, bird. Emerald tree bow or chondro? Mm, probably chondro. Red chondro. In my Your armpit. Yeah. Their tails sometimes <laughs> poke you. Their tails could be sharp sometimes. Have you ever I know. Have you, have you ever it's gonna like in my sleeve. <laughs> uh, red Chondro Neo or yellow Chondro Neo? Probably red. First, I'm sorry, pre-first shed meal or post-first shed meal? Post. Yay imports or boo imports? That's difficult because depending on what it is. <laughs> Dude, you're, you're the lawmaker right now. You either say you could bring stuff in from Indo or you cannot. Which one? Probably imports. Okay. There's cool stuff out there we can't have right now. Favorite reptile to import? I don't know. You can't. I don't know. <laughs> what can we still import? Rubs, Timors, oh, green trees. Rubs are great. Thank you. Jeez. One reptile we shouldn't import. Now. Probably maybe, the one in, maybe the one in your hand. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, anacondas. Because back when like anacondas were being imported, they were never healthy imports. True. I heard a lot of sick, like them coming in sick too. From what I yeah. from, from what I understand, um, yay sports or boo sports? I like sports. Favorite sport? Hockey. Favorite hockey team? Things. I grew up half a mile from their practice rink. That's where I play favorite, hockey too. Favorite hockey player of all time? I have no idea. Megan, you're not doing too well on this. So you're I'm not. not but just, no big deal. You're still cool. A bunch of hockey steak, players. Steak or fish? Steak. West Coast rap or East Coast rap? West Coast. I'm from the West Coast. I didn't know that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Favorite West Coast rapper? I don't know. Dude, could you try, please? You're from the West Coast. You you like West Coast rappers, and you don't know. This is crazy. To be honest, 
I said West Coast just because I'm from the West Coast. I really don't know that many rappers. Actually, I don't know where they're from. Let's put it that way. Next question. Who are you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't even know who I am. I'm just kidding. I, yes, I do. Oh, 110% I do. Uh, hold on. Steak or fish? You already asked me that. Steak. I did? Yeah. Did I said that? It's favorite cut of steak? Filet. Filet mignon. I like it. Alcohol or no alcohol? Once in a while. Favorite alcohol beverage? I like margaritas. Respect. Little word association. First thing to come to mind. Milk. Good. Cocoa. Chocolate. Substrate. Drifted chip. Duck shed. Soak it. Eye cap. Soak it, then peel it off. Day 60. What are we talking about? <laughs> Instagram trolls. Funny to mess with. <laughs> If you had to get rid of one platform forever, and I mean forever, is it going to be TikTok or Tinder? Tinder? I don't even use Tinder. Damn, respect. Sorry to all you Tinder freaks out there. Fuck, Megan, good job. You survived them kind of a little bit, but you, you did the hot seat questions. Good job, Megan. Hey, all seriousness, we had over a, we had over 100 people at one point in this live. We have well over 100 likes. You have mad people out there supporting you, Megan. So before you leave us, what do you have to say to all your supporters out there? What do you have to say to everyone who's rooting for you and wanting you to do big things with these animals? Uh, thanks for watching. Keep supporting. I don't know. I'm very awkward with this stuff. Keep going. You're good. You're almost done. <laughs> I don't know. Just do your own thing. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, be like this and run away because it's not having a good time. <laughs> exactly. Hey, couldn't say it better myself. Megan, I can't thank you more. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thank you for coming on the show. I thought this was amazing. You did a hell of a job. And you got fucking urinated on. That's how we're going to end this, just like that. Megan Kelly, ladies and gentlemen. It's still going. Nice sweats. I like your sweats. All right, Megan, keep it real. Thank you so much. Bye. Wow, what an episode. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate everyone who tapped in. Damn, over 100 people. It's been a while since I've had 100 people in the live. So I appreciate you guys being here. Thank you for all the support, giving Megan all her likes. That was awesome. Not every day you see a chick like this in the industry, okay? So I thank you to everyone who tapped in. Thank you to all the live super chats. You guys are awesome. Uh, Just be ready because this Saturday we are doing international trap talk uh, coffee and dab sessions. Uh, with my boy from Canada, man. And this guy comes highly recommended from other Canadians and even people in America. I think actually a couple of American keepers put me on game with this guy. So I'm going to bring you guys DPR Cold Blood to the table this Saturday, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right here. Cold Stroke Top Podcast of the World. So yeah, guys, thank you so much for tapping in. Um, oh yeah, and then Sunday, just so you guys know, uh, Holy Monitor Session, man. And we got some sick-ass monitor talk that's coming to the table. I hope you guys are ready because this guy is uh you know he has some you know has a good good legit background with these animals and, and actually it's funny we we're just talking about prehistoric pets this guy just came from prehistoric pets wonder what his experience was like uh the homie armin tap in her time it's going down sunday after uh trap talk international coffee dabs uh, session but guys i'm good oops wrong button but i'm out you guys have a wonderful rest of your night be safe hit that like button if you were late to the show and you tapped in and forgot to hit the like button. You're still you still got time, man. Hit that like button. But I'm out.
See you guys next time. Cool Swap Talk Podcast in the world. I'm out.